0: Started here Saturday 1131 in the morning and it is February 6th, 2021 coming at you guys from San Diego, California BK here yet again. Please follow me on Twitter for breaking news throughout the week at Bravo Kilo Actual and check out that Instagram at BK Actual really appreciate you guys tuning in week in, week out another record week uh, lately the last couple weeks you guys have a huge jump in the weekly downloads. Uh, really hope you all stick around and can't thank you enough. It's all word of mouth, you guys. It's the one-man operation. They can't get enough of the steel trap mind, the jacked, the tan body. That's the whole package, you guys. And it's a one-man show. Never forget that. Uh, this is you know, produced, and it's uh, you know put together uh, by myself and myself alone. The only help I get is all of you guys who send me all the great news stories, and I really appreciate you doing that and keep them coming. And uh, I rely heavily on... On those, because you guys send me some great ones. So, enough of me stroking myself here. Let's get started with our international news. Let's begin with Myanmar and what's happening there. You probably saw earlier in the week that Myanmar, formerly known as Burma, is apparently undergoing a coup. Like, and this is a real coup, not a fake coup like the stupid media in the United States. Referred to that, those idiots at the Capitol on January 6th. This is a real coup. This is where, like, actual competent people actually seized the reins of government. So let's get into it a little bit. They did launch that coup on Monday, and the military detained the country's civilian leader, and that is that uh, female leader, Da Ong San Suu Kyi. And not only her, but her top lieutenants in early morning raids and seizing power from a government established only five years ago. So, her party was called the National League for Democracy. And officials from her party did confirm the detentions. And hours later, a military television network announced a one-year state of emergency with ultimate authority transferred to the Army Chief, someone named Senior General Min Ong Hlaing. And then state television broadcast a statement from the military later on that said extreme steps were necessary because of what it labeled, how about this, voter fraud in elections last November. Now, those polls had confirmed the National League for Democracy's dominance over the military's proxy party. Now, in its statement, the military said it will oversee free and fair multi-party elections after the end of the state of emergency. So, something we've seen lately. Mobile networks and the internet were intermittently down in major cities. Some local journalists went into hiding for fear that their reporting could compromise their safety. Domestic flights were suspended. And the main international airport in Yangon, which is the largest city in Myanmar, had been closed at the time. So, Myanmar had been celebrated as a rare case in which generals willingly handed over some power to civilians, honoring the 2015 election results that ushered into office that National League for Democracy. So, kind of similarly to what was going on in South Africa with Nelson Mandela, the party leaders of the National League for Democracy had spent years in jail for their political opposition to the military. And Ms. Key, I'll just refer to her as that spent 15 years under house arrest and did win a Nobel peace prize in 1991 for her nonviolent resistance to the military junta that locked her up. But the army now led by this Hleng character has always kind of maintained those levers of power in the country. And on those detentions on Monday of those top government leaders, kind of appeared to uh, go back on their commitment to democracy. So in addition to Key, others who were reported to have been detained by their family, friends, and colleagues included President Yu Win Myint, cabinet ministers, the chief ministers of several regions, opposite opposition politicians, writers, and activists. Now, one historian of Myanmar says, the doors just open to a different, almost certainly darker future. Myanmar is a country already at war with itself, awash in weapons, millions barely able to feed themselves, and deeply divided along religious and ethnic lines. You guys know, if you've been listening to this podcast, we've kind of periodically covered the problems with the Rohingya people, that is the Muslim minority in Myanmar, and Surely this will compound that. Indeed, they have some detail in this story I'm reading from at the New York Times. In 2017 was when the military kind of stepped up that campaign against the Rohingya. And that compelled 750,000 members of the ethnic minority to flee to neighboring Bangladesh in one of the largest global outpourings of refugees in a generation. Now, UN officials, the United Nations, have said that mass burnings of Rohingya villages, complete with systematic executions and rape, were carried out with genocidal intent. So the latest kind of uprising was, again, provoked by concerns about fraud in those November elections. And those elections delivered an even bigger landslide to the National League for Democracy than the party enjoyed five years earlier. So, that party secured 396 out of 476 seats in Parliament, while the military's party, something called the Union, Solidarity, and Development Party, managed just 33 seats. So, they cried foul as did political parties representing hundreds of thousands of ethnic minorities who were disenfranchised shortly before the vote because the areas where they lived were supposedly uh, too racked with violence for elections to take place. And that did include the Rohingya Muslims. They were unable to cast their ballots. So, what else about here? I'm just kind of scrolling through. I have a few different tabs open you guys again I'm going to try not to repeat myself remember Ms. Key was once celebrated as that international champion of human rights including the winning of the Nobel Peace Prize she kind of came under fire in the last couple years as one of the military's biggest public defenders like all the human rights people were like well why are you standing by and saying nothing as the military is undergoing this ethnic cleansing campaign against the Rohingya Remember that Myanmar is a Buddhist-majority country. And as I've spoken of often in the past, paradoxically, they have these militant Buddhist monks there. Who, you know, it's kind of contrary to Buddhism, if you know anything about Buddhism. They have repeatedly called for basically the Muslims to be driven out. And you can find some examples of that on uh, YouTube, some of the speeches they've made. So, what else... Let me see what else we know. So that was kind of basic, the basics of the coup. And I'm just going to this other story. We already talked about kind of how the coup was carried out. Well, the coup was effectively announced on the military-owned Mawadi TV station when a news presenter cited the 2008 Constitution, which allows the military to declare a national emergency. Again, the state of that emergency would remain in place for one year and then the military quickly seized control of the country's infrastructure suspending most television broadcasts and in addition to the domestic flights being cancelled the internet access being cancelled the stock market and commercial banks were also closed and long lines were seen outside of ATMs in some places what else about this Ms. Key is actually the daughter of the country's independence hero, a guy named General Aung San. And now she is facing up to three years in prison. So this is so you know how you know where they're trying to get her, you know where they're trying to how they're trying to put her in prison. Her party says she has been charged with possessing at least ten illegally imported walkie talkies. <laughs> That's how they're gonna try to throw her in jail. And the law used to justify locking up the nation's elected civilian leader appeared to be intended to provide the military with a legal justification for keeping her detained. Yeah, that's right. All right, anything else? Who's the guy? Who's this General Min Ong Hlang, the senior general? He's the army chief. Well, he is supposed to age out as Army Chief this summer, but now he's probably going to stick around. He's got a lucrative family business. And the military, interestingly enough, in Myanmar never fell under the control of the civilian government. And they were most well-known in the past couple of years, as I said, for that campaign against the Rohingya. Now, what's been the international reaction to this? Well, several major world leaders, including sleepy Joe Biden, quickly condemned it demanding that Myanmar's military immediately free Ms. Kyi. The Biden administration suggested that it would penalize Myanmar's military hierarchy with unspecified sanctions. And the UN also weighed in, uh, said this is no good. How about China? Myanmar, that is Myanmar's biggest neighbor. They responded cautiously to this. They had cultivated cordial relations with both Miss Key and the military hierarchy that detained her. So they kind of issued like a mealy mouth statement saying, ah, you know, we should work this out. Uh, what else here? I've got a more detail on that uh, infraction that they're charging her with the 10 walkie talkies. Yeah, this is uh, reinforces the military's penchant for using basic, like, really obscure strategies to neutralize their political rivals. Does it say anything about the paperwork, actually? The, the walkie-talkies itself? The document said soldiers searching her villa in the capital had turned up these walkie-talkies that had been brought into the country without proper paperwork. That's funny. Yeah. That's what they do drum up those charges. So it remains to be seen about what is going to keep happening in Myanmar. And uh, what, you know, is, uh, is this, uh, is this going to be seen as just a return to the good old days? Because Myanmar was controlled by those military juntas for many years. And, you know, only in the last five years did they have something resembling democracy. So that is kind of what happened. Now, as far as also, you guys know I'm also always interested in what they do with social media and the internet. Well, they did order mobile operators and ISPs, internet service providers, to block access to Twitter and Instagram in the country until further notice. And they had already ordered internet providers on Thursday to block Facebook, which counts half the population of 54 million people as users of their service, Facebook service, until at least February 7th. Hmm. A spokeswoman for Twitter said it was, quote, deeply concerned about the order to block Internet services in Myanmar, end quote. Yeah, they're always deeply concerned about the, countries that choose not to do business with them. They're not so concerned about kicking people off left and right of their service here in America. I've noticed that kind of a hypocritical if you ask me. So the guys, that's your update on Myanmar and we will keep an eye on that one for sure. Let's keep going around the world. How about this? Let's go to Brussels. A Belgian court on Thursday stripped a senior Iranian official of his diplomatic immunity And convicted him of organizing a thwarted bomb attack aimed at an Iranian opposition rally in France in 2018 and sentenced him to 20 years in prison. This Iranian official's name was Asadola Asadi. He was a Vienna-based diplomat. He was detained in Belgium. And he did invoke his diplomatic status in refusing to testify during his trial, which began in November. He's 49 years old. He did receive the maximum sentence on charges of attempted terrorist murder and participation in the activities of a terrorist group. This is a big blow to the Iranian government as it tries to persuade the United States to re-enter that 2015 Iranian nuclear deal. And also, just FYI, Iranians are going to vote in presidential elections in June. So the Iranian foreign minister, a guy named Mohammad Javad Zarif, he claimed in 2018 that these bomb plot allegations were a false flag operation designed to embarrass Iran as President Hassan Rouhani prepared to travel to Europe to rally support for that nuclear deal. So what about this bomb plot? Well, the target of the bomb plot was an annual convention in Villa Pinte outside Paris of the National Council of Resistance of Iran. That is the political wing of the Mujahideen Kalk, or MEK. You guys might have heard of the group MEK. Uh, we, the United States, uh, take a dim view of them and their activities. They are, I don't know if they're I don't know if we formally labeled the MEK a terrorist group. Or not, but they're definitely uh, in the fucking ballpark. Now, the leader of that council, the National Council of Resistance of Iran, is a controversial figure who has been compared to the leader of a cult, as has her husband, Masoud Rahavi, who disappeared during the Iraq War in 2003 and has is believed to be dead. Now, Ms. Rahavi has long argued for a revolution in Iran and says she would act as interim president of a new government. So prosecutors say the bomb plot was aimed at killing her and well-known international figures who also attended that 2018 convention. So who were some of those international figures? Well, they included Rudolph Giuliani, the former mayor of New York, Newt Gingrich, the former House of Representatives Speaker Louis Free, I'm sorry... (laughs) Sorry, guys. I've got New Newt Gingrich is, of course, the former House Speaker. Louis Free is the former FBI director. They also included Bill Richardson, the former governor of New Mexico. Stephen Harper, the former Prime Minister of Canada, and Ingrid Betancourt, a Colombian politician. These are like heavy hitters here. And why were they at this thing? Well, guess what? Such figures in the past have long been paid large sums of money. For their appearance. Okay here we go. The MEK. Has a complicated history. The group began in opposition. To the Shah of Iran. And later was considered a terrorist organization. By the European Union. Until 2009. And by the United States. Until 2012. See guys the steel trap mind. Fucking was pulling that out of my ass. I knew it. Although I, I guess I was a little bit wrong. I wonder why we. Well. I was going to say, I wonder why we stopped considering them a terrorist organization. And, I mean, in 2012, you know who was president? Mm, Barack Obama, So who is well known for his love of Iranian terrorist groups. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Relax. Jeez. Uh, I got to read you guys one of the iTunes reviews I got later. I got to add another bad review. Fucking people need to lighten up, man. Uh, the Belgian court also convicted three accomplices of this guy Assadie, all dual citizens of Iran and Belgium, who were given jail terms of 15 to 18 years and stripped of their Belgian citizenship. All three are believed to be agents of the Iranian intelligence ministry. Why? Why would you give? Why would you give Iranian diplomats Belgian citizenship? Like, these silly Euro countries, I tell you. So that's what's going on there, and we have another kind of uh, court case also how about this let's go to the hague the international criminal court a former ugandan rebel who was abducted as a child by the notorious Lord's resistance army and later rose to be a commander of that militia was convicted of war crimes and crimes against humanity this week the defendant is named dominic Anguin. He was a nine-year-old on the way to his village school in the summer of 1988 when armed LRA, Lord's Resistance Army, fighters grabbed him and took him to their camp where they whipped and threatened him and began training him to be a child soldier. He's now in his early 40s, and he's facing life in prison on charges including rape, forced marriage, torture, enslavement, and multiple murders. Now, this is controversial because... They're saying, well, Angwin was kind of a victim here. Like, you know, what choice did he have? He was a victim of some of the same crimes he would become to be accused of, including the recruitment of child soldiers under the age of 15. So in their decision, the judges did not cite his childhood experiences as a mitigating factor. So his is the first trial of a top commander of the Lord's Resistance Army. That is a group that has waged a violent campaign across Uganda and several neighboring countries from the late 1980s until recently. Uh, The case brought to light details about how those fighters brutalized and mutilated their perceived enemies. The presiding judge, a guy named Bertram Schmidt, uh, he read out a long list of cruelties that he said that Anguen had ordered. Judge Smith said, quote, he gave instructions to loot food, abduct people, burn down the camp. An old woman who could not carry her load was strangled and had her throat cut. His men shot, beat, and abducted civilians. And they shot them in the face and in the head to make sure they were dead. Some children were tied up into bags and beaten to death. Also, a witness saw bodies hacked in a barbaric way. Hmm. Angwin's lawyers, as you would expect, argued their clients suffered from mental disorders and said, yeah, he's been brutalized himself. Militia fighters, his lawyers claimed, turned him into a fighting machine, and he never learned to distinguish right from wrong. But the judge countered that, saying, look, you know, we all have agency. Angwin did not commit any crimes under duress. Human rights watch estimates that the LRA kidnapped at least 25,000 in children alone. Uh, I'm sorry, in Uganda just by itself fighting between the rebels and government troops displaced almost 2 million people from their homes in the country of Uganda from 1987 to 2006. They were driven out of Uganda in 2006. And then they went on to also terrorize villages In the Democratic Republic of Congo, South Sudan, and the Central African Republic. Uh, The prosecution, as part of their case, said, look, Anguin had never tried to escape, unlike many other boys and men who tried to do so. Instead, prosecutors said, he followed orders, and he relished his role, and he also refused to be examined by the prosecution's mental health experts. He was found guilty of personally leading raids in which his brigade looted property and animals, set fire to homes with people inside them, killed babies. The girls were exploited; that they kidnapped were exploited as sex slaves and domestic workers. So, just a fucking tragedy all around. How about an update on this story that I brought to, wow, gee, man, this is a couple years ago. You guys remember that uh, Brazilian uh, mining giant Vale? You remember that? They were responsible for that dam that collapsed a few years ago in the state of Minas Gerais that killed 270 people. I know I covered it at the time. That dam collapse also caused vast environmental damage. Well, they have signed an agreement this week to pay $7 billion in compensation to the state. And that amount to be paid was less than what the state government initially demanded. State officials still called it the biggest settlement in Brazilian history. So that dam burst destroyed almost 300 acres of native forest and polluted 200 miles of the local peba River, rendering it useless as a water supply. Uh, so the dam... It was built to hold waste from a nearby iron ore mine, and it collapsed on January 25th, 2019 in the city of Brumadino, burying homes, hotels, rivers, and the company's facilities under a wave of mud. So after a few days, it became clear that the company had been warned that the structure was unsafe multiple times. A report issued by Tuv Sud a German company hired by Vail to audit the dam in 2018, that was before the collapse, vouched for the dam's safety even though it found blocked drainage pipes and cracks. And then in 2020, prosecutors investigating the case found evidence that safety reports had been fabricated for at least 10 of Vail's dams and later charged 16 officials of Vail and the German company, Sud. Uh, with homicide Uh, so a report by an independent commission hired by Vail themselves attested that the company knew about the safety risks at the dam since 2003 and had multiple alerts about it through the years especially in 2015 that was when a similar dam partly owned by Vail burst also and that left 19 dead Uh, if you're looking at a map and wondering where this is it's North, almost due north of Rio de Janeiro, uh, not far from the coast of the Atlantic Ocean. So the disaster destroyed not only swaths of the community surrounding the dam, but also the jobs on which Bruma 40,000 residents uh, depended. Anything else about this story? Yeah, that's there's an update for you. Uh, What else? How about a couple of reversals from the Biden administration? Let's start with this one. The State Department on Friday said that it would lift a terrorist designation against the Houthi rebels in Yemen that the Trump administration had issued in its final days, revoking penalties that aides to President Biden worried would bring more pain to millions of starving people than to the rebels. So, Three officials familiar with this said the Biden administration had notified Democrats in Congress that it would scrap the designation. Uh, So this, when Trump did this, this was seen as kind of like a final stick in the eye of Iran because the Iranians are the Houthis' main patron. So you guys remember, I've covered it as we've gone. It's been a long time civil war going on in Yemen and the famine and widespread poverty about 80% of Yemen's population of 30 million people live in areas under Houthi control. So according to the Biden administration and the Democrats, they say that removing the terrorist designation would save lives. Uh, They claim that the designation did not impact the Houthis in any practical way, but it did stop food and water and other critical aid from being delivered inside Yemen Uh, and would have prevented effective political negotiation. Uh, So, a State Department official claims that lifting this designation does not excuse the Houthis' conduct. Remember, the Houthis have not only attacked civilians, but they've kidnapped Americans. Again, though, they claim that if you keep them on the list of foreign terrorist organizations, that would accelerate this uh, humanitarian Crisis. This terrorist designation was in place for just under one month. So, usually, you know, when you when you give this designation, that's why it usually comes with some kind of blockade, and uh, people don't want to like send food in there and all that shit. The reversal was widely expected. What else about this? On Thursday. Biden also said he would end U.S. support for Saudi Arabia and in its intervention in Yemen. This follows accusations of indiscriminate bombings that have killed civilians and other military atrocities that could amount to war crimes. Now, Pompeo, Mike Pompeo, as Trump's Secretary of State, had accused the Houthis of a December 30th attack on the civilian airport in the Yemeni city of Aden, which killed 27 people. But no one had claimed responsibility for that attack, and both Al-Qaeda and the Islamic State are active in that area. All right. And that was one. So here's another Trump policy that Sleepy Joe halted. He is freezing plans to withdraw 12,000 troops from Germany, American troops, and... The Biden administration has ordered the Pentagon to conduct a review of how American forces are deployed around the world. Uh, This move would halt the Trump administration plan to bring some American troops home from Germany and to shift other units to Belgium and Italy. Uh, That plan, that was last summer, remember, and it rankled, it's a great word, it rankled European leaders And angered both Democrat and Republican lawmakers who view the presence of American troops in Europe and especially in Germany as cornerstone of the post-World War II order. Okay, well, fucking how much, how long, how much longer? Uh, You know, there's never any answer to that question. Okay? I don't care about World War II anymore, man. Fucking move on, dude. (laughs) It's like This is a long time ago. I'm just saying. Germany feels like they can get away with letting their military fall into severe decline because fucking daddy America is there to take care of them. And if you guys have been listening to the podcast, you remember how I went into the decline of Germans military and how like fucking half their fighter planes are like not even capable of flying, but they don't care because we're there. We're And you, the American taxpayer, you're picking up the tab. Um, I You know, don't even get me started on other long-time U.S. deployments like South Korea. You know, like, what are we there? I think the Koreans have a huge military. I think they can handle fucking North Korea who can't even feed their army. I mean, give me a break. Uh, Yeah, so basically Biden is signing executive order after executive order, pretty much undoing a lot of stuff that former President Donald Trump did, which... You know, that's the you live by the executive order, you die by the executive order. Uh, anything else about Yemen here in Europe? I'm just going through here. A Defense Department official said this week it was unclear whether Biden is going to adjust the troop levels in Somalia. Remember. In one of the last Pentagon-related acts of his presidency, Trump did order the 700 American troops who were training and advising Somali counterparts in the battle against the Shabaab in East Africa to leave Somalia. And then on January 17th, covered here on this podcast, the Pentagon announced that the American troop withdrawal from Somalia was complete. Now, a lot of those troops did just relocate to Kenya, but still. And then... Biden Now, is he going to fucking really be like order troops back into Somalia? And it's similar to what's going on in Afghanistan. Remember, we have the 2,500 troops still in Afghanistan, right? So is Joe Biden really going to fucking order more troops in Afghanistan? I don't recall him running on uh, pushing more troops into Somalia and Afghanistan, but who fucking knows? At this point, I think old Applesauce Brains Joe is just signing whatever his woke staff's shove in front of him. I really do. Now, speaking of Afghanistan, uh, let's go to this interesting article. It's not exactly news, but uh, pretty interesting. And what they're talking about is a booming kidney trade in Afghanistan. Yeah, that's right. Basically, uh, it's like a, or the the, or, the illegal organ, the black market over there, is uh, a booming. Now, in Afghanistan, of course, as in most countries, the sale and purchase of organs is illegal. And so is the implanting of purchased organs by physicians. But the practice does remain a worldwide problem, particularly when it comes to kidneys, since most donors can live with just one. Uh, So, let me see here. I'm just going through here. Officials boast from one hospital, the Lokman Hakim Hospital, that they have performed more than 1,000 kidney transplants in five years, drawing in patients from all over Afghanistan, It does offer them bargain basement operations at 1 20th of the cost of such procedures in the United States in a city with a seemingly unending supply of fresh organs. The hospital handles the removal, transplant, and recovery of both patients, the transplanter and the transplantee, without asking any questions. Uh, the hospital fees are covered, and after a few days in the recovery ward, they are sent home. The doctors say, look, how the organ recipient gets the donor to agree to the procedure is not the hospital's concern. Hmm. Um, accounts of organ selling date back to the 1980s in India, and today the practice accounts for roughly... 10% of all global transplants. Now, interestingly enough, Iran is the only country where selling kidneys is not illegal as long as the parties are Iranian. And it's interesting because Iran used to have a, a long, long list of kidney transplant people waiting for kidney transplants, like every other country, but now they don't have one because the government stepped in and they facilitate the cash payments. So it, I believe it's still illegal for like a private citizen of Iran to offer money to another citizen in Iran. But what the government will do is they are the ones offering the cash payment. And in doing so, they have eradicated uh, their organ transplant list. I'm uh, looking for an example here. One kidney recipient said that he feels fine and he said he paid about $3,500 from for his kidney, bought from a complete stranger. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, this is wild. Anyway, guys, go uh, check out the whole article. It's a long, very interesting article. I thought you'd enjoy it. Uh, the article is titled, quote, In Afghanistan, a booming kidney trade preys on the poor, end quote. Go check it out. All right, let's talk about Mexico. Viva Mexico! 20 minutes from where I'm sitting, coming at you right now. First off, let's start with the police. Authorities in Mexico have arrested a dozen police officers for the massacre of 19 people, including several migrants. The 12 police officers are part of the police force at Mexico. Tamaulipas, a state along the U.S.-Mexico border, and they were arrested and charged with homicide, abuse of authority, and providing false information. Uh, Remember, Mexico has suffered record levels of violence in recent years with more than 30,000 people killed last year alone. President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, or AMLO, campaign on a promise of staunching that bloodshed, but has thus far been unable to make a meaningful dent in uh, in this carnage. Now, extrajudicial killings, torture, and abuse by the police are hardly uncommon. In 2014, a group of 43 students disappeared from the town of Iguala, with both police and military implicated in that still unsolved crime. And migrants are regularly caught up in the bloodshed, when traversing the country, they face abuse from both criminal gangs and from corrupt corrupt officials. The arrest came after the charred remains of 19 people were discovered by authorities last month inside a burned pickup truck some 40 miles south of the U.S. border. Man, that's just like that scene from Breaking Bad, you guys remember? Remember when the two brothers, the cartel assassins... Used that pickup truck to cross the border and it was filled with uh, all the uh, Mexican illegal immigrants. And then they got out and just shot everybody and torched the truck. It sound, it's like exactly like this. And the truck was riddled with bullet holes. The authorities did note that nearly no spent casings were found, suggesting that whoever had committed these killings had collected and removed the shelves. shells in order to not leave evidence behind yeah this happens a lot in 2010 72 migrants were massacred in that same state and at the time that was one of the deadliest events involving migrants in recent memory the following year to 2011 almost 200 bodies were found dumped in mass graves near the town of san fernando and yes, sadly, law enforcement officers are often on cartel payrolls, and they have been known to not only cover up these crimes, but to participate in them. The Mexi- you know, Remember, the U.S. has spent millions of dollars training Mexican security forces and cooperating with them. We've got a long history of, you know, we have the shared border. It's in our interest to try to unfuck the Mexican military and police, but Says so Mexico's a failed state. It's a corrupt country from top from the president down. And we've learned that, as you guys know, if you've listened to this podcast, we've learned throughout the years. It's a deeply corrupt country all the way down. As far as the newest bodies, Mexican officials said that so far only four of the charred bodies have been identified. They did say that two of them were Mexicans with a history of people smuggling, and two of them were migrants from Guatemala. All right, now, let's talk about Mexico and illegal immigration. Uh, obviously, you knew the second uh, Joe Biden was sworn into office, and even before then, that the illegal immigrants were going to surge towards the border because of basically Joe Biden, and he didn't really hide it. He said, yeah, I'm basically, uh, anybody who wants to can come in, and I'm going to just uh, let you into the country, and I'm going to give you free health insurance, so come on in. And fucking shockingly enough, they heard this and they decided to take him up on his word. Thousands of families have already surged towards the southwestern border in recent weeks. And even the New York Times writes the following sentence, propelled by expectations of a friendlier reception. There you go. There you go. (laughs) No way. Who could have predicted such a thing? Oh, that's right. I did like a fucking year ago all right. nobody listens to me. Uh, they're also encouraged by a change in Mexican policy that will make it harder for the U.S. to expel some of the illegal immigrants. So, more than a thousand people who have been detained after crossings have been released into the United States in recent days in a swift reversal from the Trump administration's near shutdown of the border. And many people are gathering on the Mexican side, aggravating conditions there, and testing America's ability and willingness to admit illegal aliens. That's I'm, I'm reading from a New York Times story. I'm just going to substitute illegal aliens for migrants or whatever the New York Times uses. They're testing our ability and willingness to admit illegal immigrants during a pandemic. Yeah, you notice how they don't give a fuck about the pandemic when it comes to admitting fucking tens, if not hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants. Yeah, all of a sudden, all the fucking mask scolds have nothing to say. To guard against the coronavirus, and get this, health authorities in San Diego have arranged housing for hundreds of arriving illegal immigrants in a downtown high-rise hotel. (laughs) God. You going to stay at that hotel anytime soon? Do they name the hotel? Uh, Of course they don't. So this could create a backlash for Biden, but probably not. This renewed influx would put pressure on immigration courts already straining under a massive backlog of asylum cases. Asylum cases put big air quotes there. Uh, they And the New York Times keeps using that long time figure estimated 10 million illegal aliens already in the United States. The New York Times writes here undocumented people. I've seen that 10 million figure for 20 fucking years. No shit. 20 fucking years the media has been using estimated 10 million illegal immigrants in the United States. So I'm just fucking guessing it's pretty it's far higher than that. Uh, let me see. Before President Trump took office, it had been the longstanding practice through several administrations to allow people facing persecution in their home countries to enter the United States and submit petitions for asylum. Yeah, again, huge air quotes there. In 2019, remember, Trump did impose a requirement that applicants wait in Mexico until their asylum requests were approved or denied. In March of last year, his administration invoked a health emergency law to effectively seal the border during the pandemic, except the citizens and legal residents of Mexico. Those who attempted to cross were summarily expelled back to Mexico. However... Mexico in recent days has begun begun enforcing a law passed back in November that bars holding children under 12 in government custody. As a result, it has stopped accepting Central American families with young children back into Mexico, forcing the United States to keep them. Of course, we don't want to go through the kids in cages anymore. So in order to avoid that, the Border Patrol has, guess what, been just releasing them to join family and friends across the United States. There you go. What else in here? Health authorities in that in that hotel I mentioned earlier. Health authorities in San Diego have ruled that those crossing into California must remain at the hotel for 10 days. And then they just let them go onward wherever they want. God. <laughs> Remember, you guys thought I was exaggerating when I said Joe Biden was basically going to abolish the border, and I'd get into it on Twitter with people who were like, oh, don't be silly, BK, he's not abolishing the border. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, but if you let everyone in and never deport anyone, ipso facto, you're abolishing the border, dummy. Of course, they're not going to come right out and say we're abolishing the border. They just do it through their actions. And the stupid fucking media is so in the tank for Biden. They'll never point out what I just told you right there. Oh, God. Let's see. Anything else in here? Yeah, tons and tons of it. Again, I don't have time to do the whole thing. Uh, I already talked about the new Mexican law. Mexico has stopped accepting such families from South Texas. And here's the thing. So when Trump was in office, he was willing to use the big stick, saying, oh, you don't play ball with us? Well, then we're going to fuck you. And Mexico did play ball with us, as covered in detail on the podcast throughout the last couple of years. But now that Joe Biden and woke Joe is in office, they know that they can do whatever they want, and we're back to the old days of fucking the failed, corrupt state of Mexico, being able to get away with whatever they want because they know our president is a pushover. We had stupid George W. Bush was a pushover. We had stupid Barack Obama was a pushover. And now we have sleepy Joe Biden who's going to be a pushover. Trump was the anomaly about of, of all of them. And I don't care if you hate Trump. And yes, he's a giant oaf, for sure. It goes without saying, and he did many stupid things. One thing he did do was greatly reduce illegal immigration. That's, that's, a fa- that's just a fact. That's a fact through his policies and his willingness to stick it to Mexico. Now, if you, the the funny thing is you have to, when you find the activists, they don't want illegal immigration reduced as I've gone over many times, but publicly public elected officials can't say out loud. Uh, yes, I'm for wild, uh, unlimited illegal immigration. They can't say that out loud, but they'll quietly support all Joe Biden's policies, which result in massive illegal immigration. And yes, as I said, Biden administration has revived the so-called catch-and-release system. Biden did this week sign an executive order revoking Donald Trump's ending of the controversial practice. Basically, catch-and-release allows illegal immigrants to remain in the United States while awaiting immigration proceedings. And as you know, that could be years. And of those, maybe half will show up, roughly. Why would you show up if it's already been like three years since you've been in and you've already probably by that point got a job, you've got a social network, Uh, you know, you're in Los Angeles or another place that has a heavy illegal immigrant population also and you can speak Spanish all day long and you can live for many decades in the United States without even having to learn English. The executive order only permits Border Patrol to hold an undocumented illegal immigrant crossing the border up to 72 hours and they have now seen a steady increase in border encounters since april of last year so per long-standing practice when long-term holding solutions aren't possible some migrants will be processed for removal provided a notice to appear and released into the united states to await a future immigration hearing Oh, and uh, here's a, a, a quote from McAllen City Manager Roy Rodriguez. They said federal officers are not even doing any COVID testing for illegal immigrants coming across. <laughs> Guys. I don't want to hear another freaking word from the Joe Biden administration about COVID and social distancing and mass wearing while this is going on. I don't want to even hear it. They should just be shouted down. Get out of here. Anything else on this? Let me see. Well, it's not just the illegal immigrants. Let's talk about the refugees, because he wants to do that as well. New York Times put four reporters on this story. So he wants to immediately allow more refugees in the United States. Remember, we're in—we're still in a global pandemic, last I checked. Uh, so... Stripped of personnel and weakened by the coronavirus, the government's refugee program is simply not equipped to welcome a flood of foreigners, fleeing disaster officials and experts said. President Trump did lower the annual cap on refugees from the 110,000 that President Barack Obama should be allowed into the U.S. in 2016 to just 15,000 for the current fiscal year, a record low. Um, So, Congress has maintained a stable level of funding for the State Department's refugee program. That's more than $3 billion annually. A government effort to process and resettle people projected they only had $814 million in funds this year. Okay, what happened to the rest of that money? What is it, to go to pensions? Hmm. A senior official said that Biden was poised to lift the cap to allow in tens of thousands of more people before the end of the 2021 fiscal year. Biden promised during the presidential campaign last year to allow as many as 125,000 refugees annually. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, and why do you think that is? Oh, it couldn't, ha- it couldn't have anything to do with once they become citizens, like 70% plus vote for liberal Democrats. Cause I'm sure it has nothing to do with that at all. Or immigrants in general voting 70% plus for liberal Democrats. I'm sure this has nothing to do with that, you guys. Absolutely none. It's actually insulting that you even bring up the fucking implication. I know. I'm the only one gauche enough to do it. You can't rely on the media to do it. That's for sure. All right. Oh, and one last thing on immigration: eleven Iranians were arrested in Arizona after jumping the U.S.-Mexico border. <laughs> Great. Uh, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection said the border patrol agents encountered the group around 6 p.m. Uh, near San Luis. That is a city in the southwest corner of Arizona, and they did determine they ent- they entered illegal, illegally. They said the group consisted of five females and six males, all from Iran. Hmm. Iran is, of course, a, quote, special interest country, end quote. So we'll see. What, are they going to be detained? Who knows? Probably not. They'll probably be cut loose with a court date in the future. And that's it. So there you go. All right, guys, let's go something a little bit more amusing. And many of you did send me this story. French police raided at least 81-person orgy at a warehouse outside of Paris and cited the participants for breaking the city's coronavirus curfew. Officers arrived on the scene about 9 p.m. after neighbors reported the party and people who organized it were taken into questioning. Police confiscated sound and lighting systems set up for what they called the libertine party. Yeah, remember this comes a little a little after a month after police in Belgium raided a 52 person orgy. You guys remember that one? So yeah. That's right, 81 an 81 person orgy. Are you guys down with the orgy? Like the orgy to me is like a lot of things in life on paper. It sounds great, right? you're like, Oh, I can go in. I got the music going. It's kind of dark. I can bang whatever. But then you actually get there and it's, I'm just guessing that these aren't fucking super hot people. You know, it's like the nude beach, right? The nude beach. Always, you're like, Oh, nude beach. Great. We have a nude beach here in San Diego, blacks beach you're like, oh, I'm going to see tons of fucking honeys there. And you get there, and it's like fucking some like 80-year-old fucking grandma. The titties are hanging down to the knees. You guys know what I'm talking about. The old dudes are fucking just dangling all leathery. It's just not a pleasing image. I'm guessing the 81-person orgy is fucking similar. And the fluids. Can you imagine the fluids that you're going to deal with here? The cleanup? Who cleans up? <laughs> That's what I, who, who's the orgy janitor? How much does that guy get paid? How much would it take you guys to fucking okay? If a guy comes up to you, he's like, "Look, bro, I'm having an 81 person orgy at a warehouse, and I'm not gonna lie, there's gonna be fucking fluids everywhere, like the ceiling, the walls, uh, you know, dried stuff. I know I'm grossing myself out here a little bit, there, but there's gonna be dried puddles of fluids everywhere. You're gonna need a spatula. You're gonna need a power washer. I need it all cleaned up." So, how much are you going to ask for that job? I mean, it's hard times right now. Maybe you'll maybe you'll ask hundred bucks. I don't know. I don't'm sure how much the orgy janitor is gonna make. I'm curious, though. I know some of you degenerates would not only participate in the orgy, you would probably take the money to clean up the fluids afterwards. I know. I see you. All right, what else? Uh, less we spoke of Somalia earlier. Let's uh talk about them. Militants did storm a major hotel in the capital of Somalia. This was last Sunday evening. And uh, they basically uh, tried to kill a bunch of people. And the final death toll did include nine people, including four militants. They do believe that aforementioned extremist group, the Shabab, was behind the attack. This was in Mogadishu and it took place at the Afric Hotel, which is right on the road to the city's major international airport. It is a popular meeting place for politicians, lawmakers, and members of the security services. Uh, Yeah, they said the Shabab, which is Al-Qaeda's most powerful ally in Africa and has wreaked havoc across East Africa, carried out the attack. It began about 5 p.m., Most of the people had been evacuated. Uh, Again, five civilians at least were killed. So, yeah, Somalia is fucking swimming right along, aren't they? Uh, Let's come back here to America. A 95-year-old man living at an assisted living facility in Colorado was arrested after allegedly shooting an employee in the head who owed him money. (laughs) All right, I got a lot of questions here. This was in Lafayette, Colorado. Cops were called around 7.15 a.m. and they found an employee wounded from a gunshot. The suspect was identified as 95-year-old Oki Payne. It's a good old-timey name, Oki. He was taken into custody. The employee uh, did pass away. Payne shot the victim in the head after arguing about money that the man owed him. Anything else in here? That's it. I, I want to know about this money. Like, what's an empl- is that true, or was he just in the throes of dementia? You know, was he thinking about something that happened like fifty years ago, or did this guy actually like fucking be like, "Hey, grandpa, can I borrow like twenty bucks?" But Payne has been charged with first degree murder. Ninety-five years old. Like, what? Do you, I'm always fascinated. What do you do with a ninety-five year old guy who kills somebody? I mean, are you really gonna throw him into Gen Pop at the state prison? You know, you might, this is why we need to keep the death penalty around. At that point, you might as well just lead him into the chamber and fucking give him the needle. You know, just my personal opinion. Don't freak out on me. And let's do a U.S. military story here. How about this? An unarmed man gained access to Joint Base Andrews in Maryland this week. And boarded a plane. (laughs) He actually got onto a plane. And it's the type of plane typically used by senior government and military leaders. Nice fucking security, Air Force. The intrusion happened on Thursday when the civilian, whose name was not released, why not, gained unauthorized access to the flight line, and boarded a C-40 plane assigned to the 89th airlift wing. Um... If you're you're thinking, a C-40 is basically, it looks like a Boeing 737. It's kind of the same thing. It was designed to be an office in the sky for senior military and government leaders. Of course, Joint Base Andrews is also known as the home of Air Force One, the President's plane. So this is a big deal. Man. Um... He was booked by OSI, Air Force's OSI Office of Special Investigations, given a federal summons for trespassing. He was then turned over to local law enforcement because he had two outstanding warrants. They did not explain why the warrants had been issued. He did not harm anyone. There was no indication that the individual has any links to extremist groups. So it was just some nut. How do you? I just want to, I can't. How do you even get onto the base, much less the flight line? If you guys don't know. Being on the flight line and like being around the flight line is kind of a big deal in the in the Air Force, at least like, you know, security forces, usually they're fucking patrolling that shit and they control even where you go on and off of the flight line and they get super butthurt like they have these giant red lines painted down the flight line. And there's only specific places where there's breaks in those lines where you can actually walk onto the flight line. And, you know, I, I've taken a few shortcuts here and there. Everybody who's, you know, a flyer has, you know, pilots, PJs, whatever. But you're always, like, looking around, like, left and right. Because if they do catch you going across that one of those, they fucking, they'll roll you up and, and you'll get, you know, you'll at the very least you're going to get yelled at by your commanding officer. So to, to not only get onto Andrews, but to go on the flight line and then to get into a plane... This is like totally insane. Anything else on this? Well, they're not talking right now. Basically, they're gonna uh, they're gonna do a whole review, and they will make public the results. And I'm very curious to kind of read how that happened. All right, some more entertaining stuff. A Florida attorney has been disbarred for filming his own sexual encounter with at least one female inmate for the production of a pornographic video. <laughs> Oh, boy. Andrew Spark has been disbarred. He had already been suspended following his convictions for solicitation of prostitution. Um, He solicited sex inside attorney-client visitation rooms at two separate jail facilities in Florida. Uh, Spark even drew up a modeling contract for inmates where women would have to agree not to reveal his identity. Uh in one instance Spark paid a woman 10 bucks after recording her giving oral sex to him at the Falkenberg Road Jail in Hillsborough County. 10 bucks? <laughs> reasonable. <laughs> very very reasonable. 10 bucks, ladies. Come on, man. I do imagine. I mean, you imagine how much how much clout you could have if you go to the jail and like ask inmates to do stuff for you like I'm saying like, yo, baby, I will hook you up with not one, not two, three, three packages of ramen at the fucking canteen. How about that? 10 bucks. Wow. Yeah, that is uh, that's not a lot of money, but then again, you are in jail for probably something stupid. So you're probably not the brightest uh, tool in the shed, so to speak. Okay, how about uh, a couple archaeology stories? You guys know I love those. Let's start with this one. Archaeologists have unearthed a 2,000-year-old mummy with golden tongues placed inside their mouths in northern Egypt. An Egyptian-Dominican team working at Alexandria's Taposiris Magna temple discovered 16 burials in rock-cut tombs. They found inside poorly preserved mummies. They're all pretty much just skulls. Uh, But yeah, their tongues were uh, gold. It is thought the dead were given gold foil amulets shaped like tongues so that they could speak before the court of the god Osiris in the afterlife. That's pretty cool. Good pictures here, too. Hmm. I always wonder about that. Like, you know, like... Digging up these, you know, doing all these digs is fascinating. But aren't you like, I mean, you know, let aren't you supposed to like let the dead lie a little bit? I wonder what the morality of that is. Like if archaeologists, do they have like a code of some kind? Because it just seems like they're just digging up everywhere and they don't give a fuck. Like they'll just rip the bones right out of the ground. Like maybe those people wanted to lay there for eternity. Like who are you? I'm just saying. And what else here? I've got the yes, I will accept your cookies. God damn it. Archaeologists, one of you guys sent me this one. Archaeologists discover friends of Caesars inside Vatican City. These are new burials discovered inside the Roman necropolis of Santa Rosa. And these are believed to be servants and slaves of the Roman Caesars. So far, 250 magnificent burials of the Roman elite, servants and free slaves from the Julio-Claudian era to the times of the Emperor Constantine have been unearthed inside the walls of the Vatican City. The Roman necropolis stood on the current hill of the Vatican along the ancient Via Triumphalis. Until now, only a small area of about a 1,000 square meters has been investigated. So the numerous tombs with human remains that they found date from the 1st to the beginning of the 4th century, and including an array of chamber tombs, gravestones, portraits, and sarcophagi. Oh, very cool. See, the Vatican's good for something, besides the molestation of many, many boys over the years. Okay. How about Nepal? Let's go to Nepal here. Nepal is seeking to ban two climbers. It says fate climbing to the summit of Mount Everest. Yeah, that's right. The Indian climbers submitted doctored photos appearing to show them atop the world's tallest peaks and now Nepal wants to punish them by saying, "Well, you can't even do it for real." Apparently, fake claims of Everest climbs have become common. And what happened was they got they got punished because what happened was tourism officials in Nepal presented these two climbers, these Indian guys, With certificates, which are highly coveted, stating that they had reached the world's highest peak of Mount Everest. But then, veteran mountaineers caught a few details. For one thing, an oxygen mask with no tube connecting it to an oxygen tank. There was no reflections of snow or mountains in a man's sunglasses. And the flags in a place known for very high winds were limp. They determined that the pictures were fake. So now that the now the authorities in Nepal are seeking to ban these two Indian mountaineers who submitted the photographs as proof that they did climb Everest from ever climbing Mount Everest or any other Nepalese peaks for 10 years. The climbers are named Narendra Singh Yadav and Seema Rani Ghazwami. and they claim they'd reached the top of the mountain in 2016. At the time, local Sherpas had even questioned it then. Still, tourism officials in Nepal did present them with the Everest certificates after they submitted those photographs. Fucking cheaters, man. That's a fucking big deal still, getting the top of Everest. Uh, They're sticking by their story. Mr. Yadav said he has all the proof required to show he reached the top of the mountain. He's filed a police complaint against his guide in Nepal. (laughs) Okay. Uh, let's see what else about this yeah that Yadav guy was selected as one of the recipients of the prestigious Indian Mountaineering reward award yeah that's bullshit man it takes a lot of effort to do that and it costs a lot of money to get to Everest Uh, Such claims have become a recurring problem. In 2016, two Indian police officers, a husband and wife team, were fired from their jobs after an inquiry found that they had faked their Everest climb. They also had doctored photographs. And in 2019, the tourism ministry in Nepal removed at least five names from its list of Everest summiteers after questions were raised about uh, their climbs. Yeah, good. Nepalese authorities said their investigation found that this uh, Yadev and Ghazwami cat had reached an elevation of more than 27,000 feet. That is about 2,000 feet short of the summit. But their guide warned them that their oxygen supply was depleted and they were not physically fit enough to reach the summit and they ended up being rescued. So that's when they decided well, let's just fucking doctor the photos. No good. Okay else, guys. Well, here was something that I put on uh, Twitter and Instagram. So, you know, if I put it on both, you guys, I'm kind of worked up about it. Let's talk about this Capitol Police officer, Brian Sicknick. He was the one, up until very recently, who was believed to have been beaten to death by the January 6th MAGA mob that stormed the Capitol. And before I give you this, obviously, He's a hero no matter what. But this is the fake news, you guys. Just now, CNN put this out. And now they're saying investigators are struggling to build a murder case regarding U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick because they don't have any evidence. And they don't have any evidence that somebody caused his death. And this follows like a month of the national media saying he was beaten to death by this mob. It was over. How many times did you guys hear? Over and over again, right? And they've been hiding the information publicly. Including any findings from an autopsy that was conducted by DC's medical examiner. In a statement the day after the insurrection, Capitol Police said that Sicknick, again, still a hero for doing his job, by all accounts, trying to prevent the mob. But they did say that he'd been injured while physically engaging with protesters. And it's still not known. They said he collapsed as a result of his injuries. And then the story was, and that I saw over and over again, was that somebody had hit him in the head with a fire extinguisher. But we still don't know publicly what did cause him to collapse. And according to one law enforcement official, medical examiners did not find signs that the officer sustained any blunt force trauma. So investigators believe that early reports that he was fatally struck by a fire extinguisher are not true. Boy, (laughs) that was like for a month they've been going on about that. You just can't fucking believe anything these days. It's unbelievable. What else do I have here? I'm trying to skip around a little bit. Well, let's uh, let's talk about this too. Let's go to the two FBI agents that were shot to death by the child porn suspect. They've identified the murderer. And by the way, shout out to my listener who messaged me, who was part of the local uh, the local police response to this. 55-year-old David Lee Huber has been identified as a suspect who did shoot dead the two FBI agents during that raid. He was married for 16 years before divorcing in 2016. Uh, Florida records show that Huber had no listing as a sex offender and no Florida prison record with only minor traffic violations. Uh, sadly, Special Agent Laura Schwarzenberger, 43 years old, and Special Agent Daniel Alphen, 36 years old, died trying to execute a search warrant on Huber's apartment. Armed with an assault rifle, he lay in wait for the agents and opened fire on them through his door after tracking them on his doorbell camera. He is then believed to have killed himself after barricading himself in his home. You know, it's interesting, I've always asked, and my listener who responded to this said that this is why we use a SWAT team to serve all warrants instead of just a detective, you know, walking up to the door, because you fucking don't know what you're going to get. Now, I've questioned the use of these, you know, no-knock raids and all that, and I've often said, like, well, why, why don't you just wait for Hubert to, like, why don't you just do a stakeout? He's got to come out and, you know, get food and groceries after a, a while, Right. Instead of kicking the door in or walking up to a door where you don't know what's going to happen, or even worse, in my opinion, going in at night, especially to a violent felon. Why don't you just fucking wait for the guy to come outside and come up behind him and throw a net over him or tase him or whatever you want to do at that point. I'm just saying that would be like, I think the way to eliminate a lot of this risk. I understand that police do things differently. Fine. Fine. Anyway, it's a, a sad story. Now, Joe Biden, this was interesting. He put out a statement on this. I'm going to play, let me play this statement and then I'm going to comment on it. Here's uh,
1: Joe Biden. I go out to the families of the FBI special agents and uh, two of whom were killed and three of whom were, uh, were injured today in Florida. I was briefed in this tragedy earlier today and... Uh, I know the FBI is gathering information about uh, how this happened, what happened. But um, I, uh, I can only imagine how these families are feeling today. You know, one of the things when you are in a combat zone as a military or you're a FBI agent or military or a police officer, every family uh, just, when they put that shield on and go out in the morning, dredge the possibility of a call receiving that phone call. And uh, my heart aches for the families. I've not had an opportunity, nor will I try today, to um, to contact them. But uh, they put their lives on the line, and uh, it's a hell of a price to pay. And every single day, every show of these folks get up, and they, uh, by and large, the vast, vast majority of these men and women are uh, Decent, honorable people put themselves
0: on the line. We owe them. Okay, so did you catch that? So even while he's releasing a statement about the police and two FBI agents tragically being killed, he throws in that, well, the vast majority of them are decent people. (laughs) Like, what the hell is that? See, he's got to even in the midst of a tragedy, he's got to fucking show his woke credentials and fucking throw out a little bone to these fucking anti-police lunatics, because that's what his administration is made up of. Like, really, dude, you're releasing a statement about two FBI agents that just got murdered by a child fucking porn pedophile. And you got to like quantify? you got to qualify your statement a little bit. Well, the the vast majority of law enforcement are, are good people. Like fuck, man. And that wasn't the only uh, police shooting. And, uh, you know, I I was talking about that on social media. but I also talked. I put this video out at my Instagram. It's why you guys got to follow me on the uh, my IG stories. And this was the New Mexico police shooting. A driver who had been stopped on a New Mexico highway shot and killed a state police officer. Um. I believe that is an error. One of you guys who's law enforcement in New Mexico corrected me on this. Fuck. I'm trying to go off my memory, you guys. I can't remember if the victim, either the victim or the guy who ended up killing the shooter was not a state police officer. Uh, It was like a Las Cruces police officer. Let me see if I can get into this story here. So this driver shot and killed a police officer and then led officers on a roughly 40-mile chase before his pickup truck was rammed by the police and he was fatally shot, and that's the part of the video that I put on my IG stories. Uh, The violence began when police officer Darian Girat pulled over the driver of a white pickup truck as part of a Homeland Security investigation Hmm. on Interstate 10. The driver was Omar Felix Cueva, He had been heading by himself from Deming, New Mexico to Las Cruces to engage in a drug buy. Cueva fired at least one shot at Officer Jarrett, killing him. Cueva, who had been wearing a bulletproof vest, then drove off. Um, Cueva pulled over after police officers found his truck on the highway and fired on officers who did return fire. Then they chased him farther east on I-10 Uh, They punctured his tires with strips. Uh, They rammed him. Cueva then got out of his truck, fired multiple times at the police officers, fired back, striking him at least once and killing him. Uh, A Los Cruces officer was shot in the arm during the exchange. He was treated at a hospital and released. That's very sad. Officer Jarrett was only 28 years old and had been certified as a law enforcement officer in 2014. Yeah, this New York Times article is saying he was sworn in as a New Mexico state police officer in July of 2015. He was the father of three young children. Fucking horrible. Cueva was 39. He had a criminal history that included charges of drug trafficking. Yeah. I wonder uh, fucking what his uh, immigration status was, too. Horrible shit. Sorry guys my my uh mic boom here is fucking with me. Let's talk about the VA. That's right, the Veterans Administration. Got a few VA stories for you. One, a former doctor to VA hospital in West Virginia was sentenced to 25 years in prison after pleading guilty to federal charges that he molested three male patients. This was Jonathan Yates, 52 years old. I remember covering this back when it happened. He was a doctor of osteopathic medicine. Osteopathic medicine involves hand-on treatments through stretching and massaging. His patients were seeking to manage their chronic pain. Well, he was arrested in April of 2020 and a grand jury or indicted him a month later. Yates admitted to rubbing the genitals of two veterans. He temporarily immobilized the two veterans, one by cracking his neck and the other with the use of acupuncture needles. And then he then molested them, while they were incapacitated oh god wait are you ready for this next one you ready yates also admitted to digitally penetrating a third veteran's rectum without any medical purpose (laughs) oh no dude okay so what is that the guy going he's like hey doc i had a headache okay well here's what i gotta do i gotta jam my finger up your ass I'm joking. I have to laugh, you guys. If I don't laugh, I'd cry. Wow, good riddance. And then other VA news. The family of a military veteran who died in 2019 after he was bitten all over his body by fire ants while at a VA facility did file a wrongful death lawsuit. And this lawsuit claims that Joel Maribel, 73 years old, an Air Force veteran who had advanced lung cancer prematurely died because he suffered more than a thousand fire ant bites in two attacks shortly before his death. Now an autopsy, ordered by officials at the VA, said the bites did not contribute to Maribel's death. That is a claim that the lawsuit disputes. He served in the Air Force from 1962 to 1968. Um, By September 2019, he was largely immobile. On September 2nd, the fire ants invaded his room at the facility and moved unchecked across the walls and floors and all over his body, including into his diaper. Oh, man. They claim that he was bitten more than 100 times that day and his family was not notified. Officials at the facility then washed and relocated him then on September 5th they claim he was attacked again by fire ants and bitten dozens and dozens of times. After this attack his family was notified. 2 days later he did die. I'm they have a picture and I'm looking right at it. He's covered in fucking ant bites. So, really really bad. Uh and then finally a third VA case, the Veterans Affairs must pay 1.5 million dollars after Uh, Denver military veterans win an equal employment opportunity uh, case. And these are two military veteran nursing professionals. They did file a complaint with the EEOC after a patient sexually harassed and assaulted them. So now they're going to get a fucking big check. What happened here? These were two females. They worked in a psych unit of the Denver VA, and they said they were repeatedly subjected to abusive, vulgar, and aggressive sexual behavior while they were caring for a particular patient. One of them, Josephine Zahn, said, quote, he would grab our breasts and grab our bottoms. He would say disgusting things like, suck my dick, let me suck your tits, end quote. Of course, the media doesn't, uh, they they have the good taste to not put those words in, but uh, it says like D dash dash and T dash dash, so I'm fucking putting them two to two together here. The other one, Kathy Bennett, the other uh, nurse, said that the patient actually sexually violated her. She said, quote, I was digitally penetrated by this man. (laughs) End quote. This patient sounds like he's a fucking class act. He was an amputee, by the way. He required assistance with changing his undergarments. He was accused of masturbating in front of them and calling them names like bitch and whore. Nice fucking guy, dude. Boy. We're really lucky. I mean, I, you know, I'm a VA patient in the San Diego out here. I have no complaint. I mean, it's slow, right? But other than that, I have uh I have no complaints about it. Okay, what else? Well, let's uh go to what do I want to do here? Let's talk about uh, Gavin Newsom, my beloved governor. Will he be recalled? Well, it's looking good so far. That's right. Failing Governor Gavin Newsom, widely uh, corrupt, responsible for not only a botched vaccine rollout, but possibly the biggest fraud in American taxpayer history with the, the unemployment department. That's right. He is in danger of being recalled. Now, to, t- to qualify for a 2021 special recall election, recall proponents have to get roughly 1.5 million voters' signatures. And a judge has extended the signature gathering from November to March 17th because of the pandemic. And they said they've already got 1.4 million signatures. Now, they need much more than 1.5 because some signatures are inevitably thrown out and all that. And you can download the recall ballot if you live here in California. And there's room for five other names at the bottom of it. So you sign it. Uh, I I have mine printed out. I'm going to get my five friends to sign it. So you sign it. You get your five friends to sign it. And let's get this fucking bum out of here. He's corrupt. He's incompetent and he's smug, and he's smarmy, and let's not forget the fucking coup de gras was him fucking at the French laundry restaurant while uh, he was telling all of you to sit home and eat your fucking can of beans. He's at the most expensive restaurant in the state yucking it up maskless with his fucking lobbyist friends. That was really... That really was the icing on the cake right there. So let's get rid of this clump. Plus, I love recalls because it it, it checks... Every other politician in the country, because they look at that, especially if it's Gavin Newsom in California, no less. Other politicians are gonna fucking take that as a huge warning that they better watch their ass. So a recall election is always good every once in a while. You know, it, it really makes the other politicians uh clench up a little bit and fucking mind their p's and q's. So definitely, guys, go to recall Gavin twenty twenty. Let's get rid of this clown. Now, speaking of clowns, let's go to our political roundup and talk about Alejandro Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, she was all over the news this week, and I've got a bunch of clips here. She took to Instagram Live this week to describe what the January 6th riot was like. She talked about how she was near death, how she was almost murdered. Ted Cruz almost tried to have her murdered, you guys. Well, the only problem was she was not in the Capitol building that was breached by protesters, even though she heavily implied she was. Now, she never said she was. This is the thing, and that's why all the media rushed to her defense saying, oh, she never said she was there. Yeah, she heavily implied she was by talking about how near death she was and everything else. And she recalled hiding in a bathroom and thinking she was going to die. She was not in the domed Capitol building where the riders breached. She was in the Cannon House office building. And I was one of the first to point this out that she wasn't even in there. So they evacuated the building just in case, right? And that's where she says she was in there going, oh my God, this is a near-death experience. I'm traumatized, I'm traumatized. And no fucking people ever went in there. And you know what? Nobody's disputing. What We're we're not saying she was lying. What we're saying is that her fucking hamming it up and talking about how traumatized she was is fucking nonsense. So, let's go to some of the clips. First, I'm going to play a few of the clips of her on this Instagram Live where she talks about her near-death experience. And uh, let's listen to this hysteria.
2: Or just this A-man. Just one man going, where is she? Where is she? I start to look through the door hinge to see if I can see anything. And there's like a door here and there's like another door here. So I'm like, I'm like trying to look through two door hinges. Um, And so I look through this door hinge and I see this um, white man in a black beanie. Um, White man. Just like, open the door of my personal office and come inside the personal office and yell again where is she um and i have never been quieter in my entire life i was just i i don't even know if i held my breath but i was just you know here behind there and i just start sliding down um and then all of a sudden, I hear my staffer, G yell out. Um, and he's, he's like, hey, 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 it's okay. Come out. Come out. So I'm like, I don't know, so deeply rattled. I'm still. Spit it out. Come on. my life when I come out, um, and I come out, and this man is a Capitol Police
0: officer. Okay, let me stop her there. So she says white man in a beanie, right? I'm pretty sure Capitol Police officers wear uniforms. They probably had a badge on him. I mean, I'm just fucking saying. And uh, then she transformed into that, into talking about being a, a survivor of sexual violence for some reason. Uh, Let's hear how this goes. If Here
2: you me. are learning things about me in the course of this live that you didn't know before. Um, and it's not, you know, a thing about hiding or anything like that. But, um, you know, sometimes you just can't tell the same story over and over. So anyways... The reason I say this and the reason I'm getting emotional in this moment is because these folks who tell us to move on, that it's not a big deal, that we should forget what's happened, or even telling us to apologize, um, these are the same tactics of abusers. And um, I'm a survivor of sexual assault. and I haven't told many people that in my life. Um, but when we go through trauma, trauma compounds on each other.
0: Okay, let me just stop her there and because so I have a lot to go through. She never did explain like the sexual assault part at all. Uh, so then she decided to, with her colleagues, have a big emotional, uh, basically a struggle session on the House floor, you guys. And then uh, they all went there decided to, instead of working on, you know, I don't know, the coronavirus relief package or fucking getting vaccines into people's arms or fucking opening the country back up because the economy's going... Instead of concentrating on that, they decide to have a big cry face session on the House floor. So let's start. I got a few clips here. Here is Representative Rashida Tlaib talking about Thank you so her... To ...my
3: colleague for her incredible courage... I asked her to go last because I get. She's
0: um, already crying.
3: Because this is so personal. Jesus. This is so hard because, as many of my colleagues know, my closest colleagues know, on my very first day of orientation, I got my first death threat. Fucking it was a serious one. They took me aside. The FBI had to go to the gentleman's home. I didn't even get sworn in yet. And someone wanted me dead for just existing. More came later, uglier, more violent. One celebrating and writing the New Zealand massacre and hoping that more would come. Another mentioning my dear son, Adam. <laughs> mentioning him by name
0: okay let me stop her there Uh, okay she's sobbing uncontrollably everybody in public life gets death threats okay I mean let's suck it up a little bit and I thought these are like strong females here and they're fucking sobbing uncontrollably on the house floor like dude and Rashida Tlaib remember she's the nut who was like going to those public events before she was a congresswoman and screaming bloody murder at the elected officials in those town halls. You guys remember those clips? Go look them up. So it's a little disingenuous to see her sobbing uncontrollably worried about some rando on the internet sending him death threats. If like I've gotten death threats. Are you can't, I'm nobody. Give me a break. Everybody gets them. Uh, so that was one. Let's get to another one here. Here's AOC, and here she goes with this. She's what she's tra- here's what she's trying to do. She's trying to say I was traumatized on January 6th and my trauma is just like the trauma of rape survivors. Therefore, if you minimize the trauma that I felt, even though I wasn't ever in any danger, you're a rape apologist there. I just shorthanded it for you and you don't want to be a rape apologist. Do you? Therefore anybody who's opposed to my political ideology must resign. (laughs) And we also, by the way, have to throw Donald Trump in prison for 10 years. That's what she's basically saying. So here we go. Here's AOC at the struggle session.
2: Sadly, less than twenty nine days later, with little to no accountability for the bloodshed and trauma of the sixth some are already demanding that. People we are move facing on.
0: decades in prison. What do you mean?
2: Attempting to minimize, discredit, or belittle the accounts of survivors.
0: Survivor, in doing so,
2: they not only further harm those who were there that day and provide cover for those responsible. But you weren't there! They also send a tremendously damaging message to survivors of trauma all across this country that the way to deal with trauma, violence, and targeting is to paper it over, minimize it, and move on. Sadly, this is all too often what we hear from survivors of trauma as the reason why they don't get care, that what they experienced wasn't bad enough or too bad to talk about, or that they are afraid of being invalidated, accused of exaggeration, or yes. making a mountain out of a molehill.
0: Okay, I'm just going to stop her there. Again. She's asking, she's like, well, it doesn't matter if I was actually in danger. I felt like I was in danger. Therefore, you must respect the way I felt, and it's just like somebody who survived a brutal rape. That's what, she's, that's what she's really saying, and she's asking you to believe. And all of this, of course is because she wants her political enemies to shut up, resign, or if they won't resign, at least vote the way she wants them to. That's what this is all about, and you're a fucking moron if you think it isn't. She's manipulative, and she's trying to use her survivor, big air quotes here, story, as a way to manipulate not only the media, but her political enemies, and if you don't fucking see that, you're a complete idiot. And then finally of the struggle session. This was by far my favorite. Some goof named Dean Phillips. He's a representative from Minnesota, right? And he's a white guy. And he started talking about his privilege. (laughs) You can't make this up. This is the white male liberal encapsulated perfectly. This is another form of hapless Minneapolis mayor Jacob Fry, remember who famously let Black Lives Matter protesters burn down one of his police stations. This is this, it's basically the same guy. But this is Dean Phillips. Let's listen to this we fucking know what goofball.
4: It feels like searching for something, anything with which to defend ourselves and realizing a pencil is about all we had. And we know what it feels like thinking That it's a real possibility that we would not see our families and loved ones again we won't forget we won't forget but i'm not here this evening to seek sympathy or just to tell my story Mm. rather to make a public apology here we go for recognizing that we were sitting ducks in this room as the chamber was about to be breached i screamed to my colleagues to follow me, to follow me across the aisle to the Republican side of the chamber so that we could blend in, so that we could blend in. Mm -hmm. For I felt that the insurrectionists who were trying to break down the doors right here would spare us if they simply mistook us for Republicans. But within moments, I recognized that blending in was not an option available to my colleagues of color. <laughs> Jesus. So I'm here tonight to say to my brothers and sisters in Coll- Congress, colleagues of color, and all around our country, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For I had never understood, really understood, what privilege really means. It took a violent mob of insurrectionists and a lightning bolt moment in this very room. But now I know. Believe me, I really know.
0: Okay, very good. He sounds like he's about to cry, honestly. Wow. These people, man. Uh, and it's funny because I do have a clip, actually, of AOC. This was back when the riding was going on all summer, and here's a clip of AOC basically saying, Hey, how dare you call to an end for all this arson, looting, and murder that's going on? These people are uh, making their feelings hurt. You have to respect their arson, looting, rape, and murder. Let's listen to this a little bit.
2: If you're trying to call for the end of unrest, but you don't believe health care is a human right, if you're afraid to say black lives matter, if you don't, if you're too scared to call out police brutality— Then you aren't asking for an end of unrest. You are asking for injustice to continue and for your people to continue to endure the violence of poverty, the violence of a lack of housing. The
0: poverty is violence. The violence of
2: police brutality. Everything's violence. And not say a damn thing. That's what you're asking for. So if you're out here calling for the end of unrest, Unrest. then you better be calling for health care as a human right. You better be calling. (laughs) for accountability. such a goofball. You better be supporting community review boards. No. You better be supporting, uh, you know, the end of housing discrimination. No. You better be standing up to for-profit real estate developers that are intimidating people and trying to evict them from their homes. That's what you better be calling for. Because if you don't call for those things and you're asking for the end of unrest, all you're asking for is the continuation of quiet oppression. So, if you want the end of unrest, unrest, then you should be asking for measures.
0: Okay, I'm gonna just stop this goofball right there. Unrest. Unrest is shorthand for arson, fucking murder, and looting and rioting. But she uses unrest. Doesn't doesn't that sound much more pleasing? Oh, it's just unrest. No, it's arson, murder, looting, and rioting. That's what happened all summer long. And here's this goofball basically condemning people who are calling to an end to the aforementioned rioting, arson, looting, and murder. She's such a fucking hypocrite, man. Do I have any other clips here? Oh, uh, so then... So after her cry-facing and live stream, she goes on Good Morning America... I'm sorry, CBS This Morning. And she's on there with uh, Representative uh, Jason Crow. And remember, guys... She was never in any danger. There was no mob breaking into the building where she was. But she felt like she was in danger, even though she never was. Well, I feel like uh, the the richest man in the country. Uh, Never mind what I am or am not. I just am, and you have to respect that, right? You have to respect my feelings, the way I feel. Now, here is the hostess talking about, well, maybe your version... People are questioning your version of events. How does that make well, the, you feel? The only thing I
3: worry about is where is a human connection? Where is the empathy here? You have reports today of people doubting your version of events, uh, Congresswoman. let us I want you to comment on that. Mm-hmm. And number two, you, you would think that at a time like this, we would all bond together. We would all help each other. Have there been anything behind the scenes of Republicans reaching out to you to say, boy, this was scary. I'm so sorry this happened to you. I'm so sorry Nothing this happened, happened to us. Nothing happened to her. Is there anybody working behind the scenes to try to figure out how we can unite and come together about yes. this? Yes. Well, you know,
2: I think it's, um, it's... It's unfortunately kind of the the spring to deny and to politicize our accounts was something that that I sat with. And it was a big reason why, um, you know, on top of making sure that we could clear our story due to security concerns, there's also a reason why I sat on that. On my story as well, you know, so many survivors fear being publicly doubted. Um, Again, the but survivors. The fact of the matter is, is that the account is accurate, mm-hmm. um, and you know, when it comes to minimizing the experiences of survivors, that could that is extremely damaging as well, yeah, because yeah. it's not just you know folks saying that. My story or Jason's story is one thing or the other, but just as Jason said, so many survivors across the country don't get the help that they need. Uh,
0: Okay, I can't, I can't with this chick again, again. Her survivor and how I feel. Not nobody is saying no where she's nobody's. A lot of people are. We're not saying you're lying about where you were. We're saying that you feeling like you were in danger for your life was fucking irrational. And now you're capitalizing on this quote-unquote fear to equate anybody questioning you with rape apologists. That's what she's doing. This fucking chick, man. Anything else on here? Uh, well, I do have a clip of uh, Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo, uh, credibly accused uh, sexual assaulter Don Lemon, and they're on CNN, and basically uh, Cuomo's saying here, well, it doesn't have to be real, it's what you believe. And that's what counts is what you believe. So therefore, I can look at Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's policies of wide open borders and the Green New Deal. Well, that makes me feel fear, right? Therefore, I'm a survivor. See how ridiculous that sounds? That's Let's listen watching, to
4: this goofball. you know, state media and listening to conservative media all day because I, you know, I want to hear the other side. And I was like, I don't understand why this is a story. How is she? You supposed don't. To know who's that's because you're dumb. How was she supposed to know how many people were on the other side of the door? She looked through the door, Don. There's nothing to do with anything AOC or whatever. But how I I kept trying to figure out how the people who were actually involved in that siege and all the chaos could be criticizing someone else who was involved in it because they were. She wasn't involved in it. How what she thought was going on in her particular situation, it was just flat out partisanship and a distraction. To Marjorie Taylor
1: Greene. They're going after That's one of the Democrats because the Democrats going after one of theirs. I'm yeah. telling you, Mr. Noise Pollution over there at State TV and the others, they want to frame the Democrats for January 6th. They've been leaking it out all these different ways huh? that there's an untold story that this was yeah. a setup. It's all BS it. and let their toxicity. It. And I'll tell you what, you just heard Katie Porter say AOC was freaked out. Yeah. And let me tell you, I lived a situation like that. And it doesn't have to be real, the threat, for you to believe it's, it's imminent. Believe. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Let him do it because they like
0: <laughs> Okay, let me. Okay, let me stop credibly accused sexual assaulter Don Lemon right there. I've had enough of him. Boy, these fucking goofballs, huh? Unbelievable. What else do I have? Is that all I have on that one? Uh, yeah, so she's getting shit on all over. And she just getting, you see, that she was sending out fundraising emails saying, hey, everybody, report this hashtag because there was a hashtag, Alejandria Ocasio Smollett, was going around Twitter. And she was fucking pissed about it. She sent out a letter. She was trying to intimidate uh, Twitter into taking that hashtag down. Of course, Jesse Smollett was the actor who claimed the two uh, MAGA supporters jumped him and poured bleach all over him. And in fact, none of that ever happened. You guys remember that? Good, good stuff right there. Um, oh, you know what? Since they brought up Marjorie Taylor Green, you guys, do you notice how much they're flogging this chick? As I keep pointing out, this, and I talked about her a little bit last week, she's some nut, you know, with all kinds of wacky conspiracy theories. But because the media is so starved for Trump-esque content, they will not stop talking about this chick. She, unlike Trump, I mean, Trump was the president, you know, he's like the top dog, you know, of course the media is going to talk about that a lot, especially as controversial as Trump did and you know how hilarious he was often, but Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of 435 Congresswomen from a fucking hillbilly district in Northwest Georgia, right? She's no, she's nobody basically but the media is elevating her to this like huge deal because they want to make her the face of conservative Republicans. Therefore they can blast her like they blasted Trump and say, well, anybody, anybody who's a Republican, you're just like her. That's what they want to do. So you'll notice that go look at stupid Jake Tapper's Twitter feed. Like basically eight out of 10 of his tweets were all about Marjorie Taylor Green all fucking week long. Again, Fairly irrelevant. One of 435 Congresswomen. And she was in the news because top House Republicans refused to punish her for spreading conspiracy theories. They condemned the freshman's previous comments but declined to take away her posts on influential congressional committees. And yeah, she's got a bunch of fucking wacky conspiracy theories. But as long as she votes to cut my taxes, that's what I care about. You can have all the wacky conspiracy theories you want. What do I care? Uh so it was a big I'm not gonna get into the whole her and Liz Cheney thing. It's it's too boring for me. But there was one funny uh uh clip that I had. This was uh, this was after this vote. When she's getting grilled by uh cnn and she started uh getting into it with the cnn reporter let's listen to this uh play
2: out. that being said i'm gonna let you guys go about your day i know you got many things <laughs> yeah i'll take some questions yeah i know you
3: talked yesterday i listened to your you said on the video in January
2: of 2019, I'm just going to read it to you verbatim. You said it's been taken out. Who, who are you with? What's your name?
3: I'm Jessica Dean. With with CNN. CNN. By
2: our law, representatives and senators can be kicked out and no longer serve in our government. And it's a crime punishable by death is what
3: treason is. This is what you said.
2: Did yeah. you see my Did you see my speech yesterday? I, how many How many stories did you report on Russian collusion conspiracy lies? No, I want to know, have you apologized for Russian yeah, collusion say, conspiracy well, lies? Well, have you? <laughs> I, I want you to be. I don't change. have next to. Question, do I stand by the fact that you said Nancy Pelosi is guilty of treason, and that's I think you, you heard my speech yesterday. You owe the people an apology. You lied about President Trump. Am, you owe the people an apology. I've done mine yesterday. To, but you okay. Next. Next question. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. There you go. I do love how she slams the CNN because yeah, that that's the thing. CNN. They're fucking, they have a lot of nerve uh, pointing out wacky conspiracy theories when they were the chief conspiracy theorists over the fucking Trump is a Kremlin agent nonsense for the last four years. Among many other conspiracies, the Brett Kavanaugh teenage gang rape ring conspiracy theory. Remember that was another one heavily promoted on CNN. You guys remember that? My buddy, Michael Avenatti, they had him on CNN many, many, many times. So CNN has no fucking grounds for pointing the finger at anybody else and talking about their conspiracy theories. That's for fucking true. Okay. Well, let's move on from that, you guys. It's uh, boring me to tears. Let's go to the coronavirus update. Let's uh, get into it here. How are we doing? Well, our cases are way down. That's good. We have 26.8 million total reported cases of coronavirus. And the 14-day change is minus 31%, right? Uh, And deaths, we are at 459,361 deaths in the United States, and our 14-day change is down 5%. You would expect deaths to lag the cases, but we are significantly down from the peak, which was right around mid-January. Uh, So February 5th, we saw 3,556 coronavirus deaths. And again, a big decrease of that, which is uh, a good thing. Cases have declined 30% over the last two weeks. Like I said, hospitalizations are falling. Uh, 100,000 deaths have been announced in 2021. We do have those variants from overseas that are worrisome. About 1.3 million people are receiving a vaccine every day in the U.S. There remains a large gap between the states administering vaccines at the highest and lowest rates. Alaska has given first doses to 14% of its residents. However, only about 6.3% of Idahoans have received a shot. Reports of new cases have fallen by at least 40% over the last two weeks in Arizona, here in California, Idaho, and Wyoming. Uh, South Texas, on the other hand, is not doing great. The three metro areas with the country's highest rates of recent cases are Eagle Pass, Laredo, and Rio Grande City. Those are all situated along Texas's border with Mexico. Oh, no shit. I wonder what fucking phenomenon could be responsible for the border cities getting large new numbers of cases. God, let me... Hold on, guys. I'm going to fucking scratch my head here and put on my thinking cap. Why do you think when cases are falling in the rest of the country, the cases are surging in towns along the border? Do you have any fucking clue? God... God, you know what? I just, cuck, guys, I can't fucking put two into, I can't figure it out. I cannot figure out what would be the reason that border cities are seeing massive new case numbers. God, I, eh, it'll come to me. I don't know. I'm kind of dumb, you guys. So maybe one day somebody smart will explain to me why cases are rising in cities along the U.S.-Mexico border. <laughs> Obviously, this is related to what I was talking about earlier with illegal immigration. Hopefully, you're intelligent enough to get my jokes, my humor. I expect a lot of my audience that way. Uh, What about our live updates page? Let's go to it and um, see what we got here on our live updates page. Well, it's going to be tart. It might be hard to get a second dose. They're having problems scheduling people, so that's no good. I'm already scheduled to get my second dose. I have a hard date set. Coronavirus testing in the U.S. is declining. They've been trending downward for more than two weeks. And uh, this raises the possibility that testing has reached a ceiling. Maybe I think a lot of people just don't care anymore. Yeah, you know, they've either had it or they don't care that they they have it or not. They're like, well, I'll just get a vaccine. Fuck it. Um, So they are Not sure if it's people just refusing the tests or not. So why are the testing numbers going down? Well, it may be that testing spiked in January, possibly caused by people returning to jobs. The numbers could reflect a complacency about testing, as I just said, as vaccine distribution is ramping up. It's also possible that the dip reflects the burden on public health officials who are kind of going more into the vaccine and less into the testing. So, a bunch of different ones. Uh, What else about the updates? China has approved a second COVID-19 vaccine. It's very good. That is a drug made by Sinovac Biotech. Germany is discussing how to make BioNTech and other COVID-19 vaccine makers secure production capacity and raw materials. Uh, Havana, Cuba, has started a nightly 9 p.m. curfew. The country of Cuba has four vaccines in development. About 500 protesters marched against coronavirus restrictions in Switzerland. Uh, They don't like the masks. In a late night ruling, the Supreme Court partly lifts virus restrictions on religious services in California. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The the court blocked a total ban on religious services but left in place a 25% capacity restriction. And uh, what else? They said don't take a selfie with your vaccine card because that might make you vulnerable to identity theft or scams. Because the card has your full name and birthday on it, as well as information about where you got your vaccine. So don't do that. I know you guys love the selfies. Um, What else? A lot of people seem to be smoking again. (laughs) That's funny. While tobacco sales in the United States have generally fallen in recent decades, 14% of Americans smoked in 2019 compared with nearly 21% in 2005. The decline did flatten last year. So they think people are uh, smoking while they're trapped inside. Okay, what else? Uh, Nine top New York state health officials have quit in in recent months, citing Governor Andrew Cuomo. They said uh, morale has plunged and they're getting tired of his uh, shtick. So they don't like him. Tom Moore, 100 years old, has passed away. He is the 100-year-old Army veteran whose charity walks in the past year raised tens of millions of dollars for British hospitals and made him a national symbol of stiff upper lipidness in the U.K. Well, sadly, he did uh, pass away finally, but pretty good, 100 years old, so rest in peace. Russia's vaccine has been safe and effective, a published study shows. A peer-reviewed article in the prestigious medical journal The Lancet showed the vaccine has an impressive 91.6% efficacy rate against the virus and is completely protective against severe cases of COVID-19. Wow. Remember, Russia had drawn criticism from Western experts when it approved the vaccine for emergency use last August before late-stage trials had even begun, and there was a lot of skepticism around it. But The Lancet is a well-respected medical journal and appears to be working. This is funny. The Biden administration is weighing plans to directly send masks to all Americans. (laughs) Yeah, because that's the problem. Nobody's aware of masks now. You can't get a mask anywhere. It's so hard to find a mask. Look, every fucking liquor store has like 50 masks at the counter. It's so stupid. This is symbol- symbolic nonsense obviously. A federal judge has ordered Oregon state prisons to vaccinate inmates. How about that? Yeah, you your fucking grandma can't get a vaccine because some fucking piece of shit gangbanger is going to get it has to get his vaccine in Oregon. How about that one? Unbelievable. This is the order. This order is the first such order in the nation. And this comes as many states have declined to make vaccinating prisoners a priority. Good. They shouldn't be. Yep. It's not clear whether or not the state intends to appeal. And then this was a story. It was a little bit old, but it was fucking too funny to go by because I had to mention it. Uh, Philadelphia let these college kids distribute vaccines, and the result was a disaster. And uh, a couple of you guys did send me that story. That was the. Uh, it was called Philly Fighting COVID, uh, and they had. Uh, so one thing they did, they um, they added a privacy policy quietly that will allow it to sell users' personal data. One volunteer alleged the 22-year-old CEO had pocketed vaccine doses. <laughs> Another described a free-for-all where unsupervised 18- and 19-year-olds vaccinated one another and posed for selfies for Instagram. (laughs) Uh, Go read the whole thing. Go go Google um, Philly fighting COVID guys and read all the hilarious details. And the funny thing is the woke politicians actually thought that was a good idea, which shows you how smart they are. Anything else about the vaccine? Okay, let's move on from our COVID. I'm already running out of time, you guys. It's fucking insane. How quickly this happens. Uh, What else? Well, let's go to this one. Let's pour one out for the poor privates at 29 Palms because uh, several pounds, about 10, that's more than several stars and stripes, 10 pounds of C4 plastic explosive disappeared two weeks ago during a training exercise. (laughs) They do think the explosive might have been stolen. yeah this is during a training exercise this is the integrated training exercise 2-21 at 29 palms it involved about 3,500 marines or sailors Uh, c4 usually comes in thin one and a quarter pound blocks the naval criminal investigative services is leading the investigation i joked on twitter i was like man They're probably doing a fucking... They're probably all online, just walking around in the desert looking for this shit. Poor guys. Uh, 21 men have accused the Lincoln Project co-founder of online harassment. This was too funny. The reason I tell you this story is uh, one of my favorite woke vets who recently blocked me, you guys know who he is, is the Lincoln Project uh, consultant on veteran affairs. And he's very proud of his association with this group. Well, John Weaver, one of the co-founders of the prominent anti-Trump group, The Lincoln Project, had for years sent unsolicited and sexually provocative messages online to young men, often while suggesting he could help them get work in politics, according to interviews with 21 men who received them. And uh uh-oh, his solicitations, including sending messages to a 14-year-old Asking questions about his body while he was still in high school. God, gross. Uh, Oh, man. I'm going quickly, you guys, because I got a lot to get through still, and I want to get through it. I put this video on my IG. Did you guys see the fucking three people who are dead after a dispute over snow shoveling in Pennsylvania? That's right. Around 9 a.m. Monday, the shooter, Jeffrey Spade, got into an argument with James and Lisa Goy, who lived across the street while sn- shoveling snow snow from his driveway. It turns out the Goy's were shoveling snow from their parking spots and putting it across the street onto Spade's property. Spade asked them to stop, and the argument escalated quickly. As they argued, Spade went into his house, retrieved a handgun, came back outside, firing multiple shots at the Goy's, hitting them. They're wounded, he goes back into his house, pulls out his AR rifle, and then fucking basically executes them. And they did pull the uh, clip off of social media. However, I anticipated that they would do so, and I saved the clip, which I am going to play for you right now as I pull it up. Here we go. Fucker.
4: Fuck you. Fuck you, you
3: fucking i make your life live in hell, live in here,
4: dickhead. What? You would probably get a run. fucking scumbag. Get go so go a fucking scumbag. Get a fucking He's got a scumbag. He's a fucking scumbag. You're,
1: You're a pussy. Fuck you. Pussy, pussy, pussy. Come here. Here he go
0: comes ahead. out with a handgun. Come here. Come here. a few into the chick right there all right so now he's now he's walking back into the house while the two are like rolling around and then a few good Samaritans come up and they're like hey what happened here and they
4: go-
3: Oh, yeah. oh my God. What happened? What happened? 9-9-1. What happened? No. Go, go, go get my phone. What happened? No. Are you okay?
0: Come on. Here he comes with the rifle. Walks up to the chick.
1: You should have cut your fucking.
0: Yep, and there he goes. That's it. Fucking just executed them, dude. Man, pretty wild stuff. Yeah, and then he ended up killing himself when the cops came. And just guys, while I'm on the subject, <laughs> listen. Look, I think I'm more accessible than pretty much every podcaster there is with you know the direct messages, and I, I like hearing from you guys. And I'm glad you send me the stories. A little bit of a bone to pick. Don't fucking when I put something on Instagram or Twitter, and I don't give you every last goddamn detail. Don't fucking send me messages after messages saying, "Oh, where was this? Or who is this? Or what's happening here?" How about you fucking get on the Google and fucking do a little research before barraging me with questions? I mean, I'm get I get like hundred messages a day. I don't have time to answer fucking every single last detail and if I put uh, something on my AG it's usually something pretty extraordinary that's easily googleable. Okay? So fucking make an effort before you reach out to me. I mean honest to god. <laughs> Remember when when I put up on my Instagram the cop car rolling over the protesters, you can clearly see the name of the city on the cop car and yet I get a fucking 100 messages, where was this? I mean, come on. I expect a little bit out of you guys. Give me a break here. Uh, and also, while I'm on the subject, also, you young guys, look, I'm glad you want to go into special operations. Don't send me messages asking me how to work out. There's 100 fucking websites. or are 100 IG people you can go follow who are into that business. Go ask them, All right. I'm nice about it but I'm just going to direct you to them again I get hundreds of messages I just don't have time to get into it and you know go talk to the guys at One's Ready or uh, SOCOM Athlete that's their entire business model and they'll help you out okay I'm, I'm not into that so please I'm asking nicely because trust me it's happened many 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 dozens of times uh, what else uh, Lil Uzi Vert, the rapper, he apparently got a nearly 11 karat diamond piercing into his forehead. Supposedly, this natural pink diamond is worth $24 million. He's 26 years old. And he shared videos on his Instagram showing off the gemstone. And it's new placement. The performer claimed in an IG story that the stone fixed into the center of his forehead is being held in place by a long bar because of swelling. And yep, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. <laughs> you can see his head. Uh, I predict an armed robbery in Lil Uzi Vert's very fucking near future and that diamond getting ripped right out of his head. Uh, just I don't know for sure. I'm just saying. How about this headline by the Daily Beast? German nuns sold orphaned children to sexual predators. This is a report that came out about how nuns and priests in the Archdiocese of Cologne, Germany, uh, basically had orphaned boys living in the boarding houses. And they were sold or loaned for weeks at a time to predatory priests and businessmen in a sick rape trade. This alleged abuse went on for years. This lawsuit was re- first reported by Deutsch Welle last week, and it is being led by 63-year-old victim Carl Hauke, who demanded that the Archdiocese of Cologne carry out a full investigation. Fuck, this Hauke guy says he was abused at least once a week between the ages of 11 and 14, often by more than one priest. There's there's fucking no end, you guys, to the depravity of the churches. Oh, my God. Uh, What else here? Oh, speaking of Germany, how about this one? A 95-year-old woman has been indicted on 10,000 counts of accessory to mur- murder in a Nazi camp. Public prosecutors said she supported the Nazis by working as a secretary in a concentration camp. The indictment against the woman, identified only as Ermgard F, remember they have those weird German privacy laws, followed a five-year investigation. Because she was under 21 at the time of the offenses she is accused of, they said she would be tried in a juvenile court where she is likely to receive a milder sentence. She worked between June of 1943 and April of 1945 as a secretary for the camp commander at the Stutthof camp, uh, 20 miles from the Polish city of Gdansk, which was known as Danzig under Germany, uh, German's rule at the time. Um a public prosecutor's office said quote, it's about the concrete responsibility she had in the daily functioning of the camp. End quote. That's a direct uh, quote and that's a spot on impression. It's not the first time last year a 93-year-old man was convicted in a juvenile court in Hamburg of being accessory to 5,000 murders when he was a 17-year-old guard at Stutthof. Uh, That's good. So... It's too bad that uh, you know. I'm sure she was pressed into service. I don't know, or maybe not. Maybe maybe she was part of the Hitler Youth and was brainwashed into liking all this stuff. But kids were pretty impressionable at the time. Uh, Let's see anything else about this? Yeah, so go check that one out. I'm running out of time here, you guys. So I'm trying to get. I have some, uh, but I do have some clips. I know you guys love the mask, the racial meltdowns, the mask meltdowns. Of course, we got to get to all of them. Let's start with this one. Here is a lady in Canada at a supermarket harassing a 17 year old cashier they're both filming each okay, other it's not
3: recording. oh sorry i got it though just in case just for a all, right, all right so you need to wear a mask if you don't you need to leave our store i've asked you many times politely you need to leave our store so i have a medical exemption with the right doctor's but i am note. told that nobody gets a medical exemption in our store that is what i am okay. told and Alberta i am doing government, my job Alberta i am doing my job you for those people like you make exemptions. our job very difficult I'm a 17 year old girl food. I'm a 17 year old girl and I'm asking you a grown woman to wear a mask put it on or leave are you my doctor no but I'm telling you to put my it on doctor or leave has told me no put to. it on or leave no then you need to go no we're on the phone with the cops right now and we'll wait as for them you to we're discriminating against you I'm of not my discriminating disability. against you miss. Yes, you are. I'm asking you to I do something I have a disability but my boss not to let you shop here if you don't wear a mask. I'm told by these rules. can I see a copy of your policy, then, please? I don't have it with me, Miss. <laughs>
0: like if you would that. like to come, I love how. The, so the I love how the adult is filming this. Like you know, like she comes off good. That's a, that's a. See, we're all filming each, standing around filming each other now. Oh boy. How about this? Here's a uh, transphobic chick, and she's being exposed for making offensive comments on TikTok. I'm just reading the description. So you'll hear a chick on TikTok talking about the chick who actually made the uh, video. Let's listen to TikTok this.
2: TikTok of the week. Let's get into it, y'all. So she popped up on my For You page, and she was saying racist and transphobic things, and then her account got taken down, but not before this video was saved.
3: i I'm not going to apologize for it. If God made you a boy, then you're a boy. If God made you a girl, then you're a girl period there is no no if ands buts none two i'm going to say the n-word if i want to say the n-word <laughs> you're not going to sit here and tell me i can't i don't believe the n-word is a racial term and that's my beliefs i believe if you participate in activities that an n-word does then i'm going to call you that way whether- and
2: since that account is now gone nobody's been able to hold her accountable for what she did or what she said
3: so
0: okay so care. who cares anyway yeah that's funny well, that's what she believes. According to AOC, it's all about what you believe, right? So we have to respect that, right? Isn't that where we are now? Uh Here is a woman in California calling a man the N-word for parking next to her. Let's hear
1: it. Repeat
4: that. One. Repeat that. Repeat it. Dirty. nigger. Yeah? Digger.
1: Yeah? You ain't nothing, nothing but a cousin fucker.
4: Yeah? Yeah? You sad that I drive a nicer car than you? <laughs> Oh, you terrible aim. Damn. Where are you going to throw? Your cousin didn't teach you that while you were fucking? We've already called the cops on her. She's in
0: Okay, apparently, and I'm just reading the description. Apparently, this was in San Diego, and uh, that was a joint that she flicked at him. Do I have any more here? Here is a chick who's wearing a Miami-Dade homicide police jacket, and a Miami-Dade police did say... That the person in this viral video is a retired uh, Miami-Dade Police Department civilian employee. Uh, you're going to hear her ca- p- calling somebody who parked in front of her a Jew. Let's listen to this Move your
4: fucking car, you she stupid Jew! That fucking piece of
3: shit. Just because you're Jewish and a Democrat doesn't give you a right to stay there. <laughs> Move it! Move it! Oh my God. Car. Move
0: it, all right that's it oh man that's funny any other do i have any other uh meltdowns or is that all i got yeah that's pretty much it okay uh you guys remember the german doctor who was jailed for killing his lover by sprinkling cocaine on his penis before having oral sex you guys remember that one i, I definitely covered that case in detail when it happened obviously And that was uh, Andreas Niederbichler, 45 years old. He was jailed for nine years in 2019 over the death of his uh, lover. He was German. He was a plastic surgeon. And she was 38. He was 45. And a a court did hear that, yeah, he drugged her using the cocaine. He secretly put it on his genitals. So, yes, that's why it was a murder. Oh, she's a good-looking chick. I'm just looking at her picture right now. Well, he denied drugging three other women after the court was told he had again laced his penis with cocaine during oral, vaginal, and anal sex with the three women between 2015 and 2018. During sentencing, a judge also revealed that Bickler had also put the drug in women's drinks, lipstick, and toothpaste. He did speak to a German newspaper, and he said, quote, Yes, there were drugs, but I didn't drug any of the women without knowledge. I was looking for a special kick and they took part. end quote. He described Yvonne as an experienced cocaine user who knew what she was getting into. So, <laughs> I can't get uh, so he put sprinkled the coke on his dick and uh, and just numbed him up I guess. A 21-year-old man emptied a bag of his own feces onto a female NHS worker in the UK. Josh Josh Wade uh, subjected his neighbor to repeated aggressive and unpleasant behavior for more than two months before he was arrested. He spotted his victim leaving her home and followed her. He then grabbed the woman, who said she was clearly identifiable as an NHS worker, that's the National Health Service, before slapping her in the face with the hand, clutching the bag of excrement. Oh, God. Gross. Oh, that's nasty. What other depraved stories that I have here? Uh, let's see. A former rugby player has been arrested minutes after brutally killing a pensioner. Older Older guy, 76 years old. Uh, Tom Carney, the rugby player, was found in a garden shortly after he brutally attacked him, and he at first gave a false name. He's 29 years old, and he launched into a rant directed at the officers. He claimed that he had been raped earlier and said the old man was trying to rape him. Hmm. Carney refused to allow plastic bags to be placed over his hands to reverse, pre- preserve forensic evidence, saying that no, if you do that, that will stop me from masturbating. He repeated his claims that Phillips had tried to rape him. He's just like a fucking old man, dude. So was this guy just demented or what? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I also put this one on my Instagram. That FBI report on the Capitol riot, did it contain a photo of Wood, the infamous memeable black man with the huge penis? The fact check is yes, it did. That is an actual FBI criminal complaint, and it did go viral on Twitter. And basically, the criminal complaint, so the photo in question, it's it's of the mob who stormed the Capitol, right? And in the back, though, is a picture hanging on the wall. And in real life, the picture is of like a, you know, a past congressman or something like that. But somebody had photoshopped Wood, of course, the very viral, memeable black man with the huge penis. And you can see the picture. (laughs) Somebody had put Wood, that's the guy's name, into the picture instead of the actual picture. And yeah, that was a real criminal complaint by FBI agent, special agent, Emily Eckert. And this is about one of the people. And in one of the two photos identifying one of the rioters that they're trying to arrest, you can see the nude man be in the framed photograph hanging hanging out. And yeah, no shit. That was a, a real a real picture. That's fucking funny. They just googled a few pictures, I guess, and that's what they came up with. Christopher Plummer, the actor, did die at 91 years old. Of course, he was famous for the sound of music, but he did win an Oscar, two Tony awards and two Emmy awards and had many, many, uh, very uh, famous roles. He's well known for starring in the sound of music as the Austrian naval officer, George von Trapp opposite, uh, Julie Andrews. And, uh, throughout the years, I'm sure you guys saw him in, uh, in, uh, a bunch of different movies. He was in the thorn birds, the movie, uh, the mini series, uh, he was also in Syriana. He was in Star Trek Four, and he won a belated he won an Oscar Award in twenty twelve in the movie Beginners. And at eighty-two years old, he was the oldest person ever to win an Academy Award in that. He was also in the Girl with the Dragon tattoo. And he was also in the PJ movie The Last Full Measure. There you go. So, yeah, very good actor. Tons of movies. You guys probably saw him, so rest in peace. Ah, What else? Man arrested after allegedly exposing himself to a Walmart shopper. This was in West Plains. Where's West Plains? Is that New York? I'm not sure. Of course, it doesn't say here. 24-year-old Dylan Halliwell was arrested at the Walmart, and apparently the officer answered a call of a man exposing himself. When she arrived, Officer Witzel spoke with the alleged victim who said she was shopping in a grocery section and then noticed a man later identified as Hollowell following her. When she was in a frozen food aisle, she said she turned to see Hollowell standing about 10 feet behind her with his penis out of his pants, and he was touching it woman told the officer she continued shopping and Hollowell kept following her continually masturbating while exposing himself at least five times in different grocery aisles. <laughs> oh, the Walmart, man, it never fails. It never fails to entertain. Elderly woman and her actor husband, I'm sorry, her actor's son found dead in her luxury Manhattan home. Her son was 64. They lived together for decades. Why am I telling you this story? Well, it's pretty interesting because they believe the son, William Weddell, 64 years old, lived with the decomposing corpse of his 95-year-old mother, Agnes Weddle, for about a week, trying to cover up the smell with air freshener before he, too, died inside the department, the apartment. He had a history of mental illness and heavily drinking. He may have overdosed on painkillers and a source told the New York Daily News that he was found nude and appeared to have been <laughs> masturbating when he died. God. Damn. You can't bro, you can't do that. You know you're going to get caught and the, there's going to be like 50 cops standing around fucking just cracking on you, dude. Oh man. I wonder if it was like porn on a computer, was it his hand around his crank or what what exactly what exactly went down here. Oh boy. Uh and then uh where was this? Was this in the UK? Yeah, over in the UK, uh, speaking of Walmart, a 66-year-old man in Sussex County in the UK. He was caught masturbating in a Walmart. That's pretty much the end of the story. I didn't even know there was a a Walmart over there, but yeah, 66 years. Guys, I'm not going to the Walmart. Uh, Breaking earlier today, 115 violent prisoners took over the St. Louis jail. Apparently the situation is now under control, but they did set fires, injure, injure a guard, and throw chairs out of smashed windows in anger over unsafe conditions. They were able to picked the locks of their cells somehow before they overpowered prison guards yeah they were sa- they were serving sentences for serious violent offenses such as murder and assault oh okay and we're supposed to fucking give these guys the vaccine is that what we're supposed to do yeah right yeah they said the violent incident may have been fueled by concerns about the COVID-19 pandemic yeah, too fucking bad Plus, these are all, like, young, otherwise healthy dudes. They're not going to fucking get sick anyway, so piss off. Oh, boy. Let's see. I'm just, uh, quickly, guys, I just want to make sure I don't miss any of the really good ones here. Uh, the the By the way, the stupid impeachment thing, that's still going on. And uh, claim, Donald Trump's lawyers are claiming that his conduct around the January 6th Capitol riot is shielded by the First Amendment. Uh, so he's just saying, like, look, I'm just making a speech here, and what people decide to do after that is on them. Let me just save you a really fucking lot of time and tell you what's going to happen ahead of time. This is going to be hyped 24-7 by the media, more than it already is. It's going to be the only thing that's on CNN and MSNBC. There's going to be many panels, many talking heads, and they're going to treat it like this, unknown horse race and nobody really knows what's going to happen i'm just going to tell you what's going to happen at the end of the day because you need a two-thirds requirement in the senate to convict they will not get two-thirds in the senate to convict and then the media will spend another three months writing what this all means and can you believe these nasty republicans wouldn't go along with what we want them to do that's gonna that's what's gonna happen It's going to be a giant waste of time hyped up by the media 24-7 for the next several weeks or however long this nonsense takes. And in the end, nothing's going to happen. There you go. Now you know. If I'm wrong, I'll be more than happy to admit it, but I'm not wrong. You guys know I'm the Oracle, so forget it. Uh, Dustin Diamond, the actor, Screech from Saved by the Bell, he passed away. Yeah, sad. Sad from stage four lung cancer. And this is only a couple weeks after they found the lung cancer. Uh, He was 44. So I know some of you younger people probably watched Save the Bell when you were little kids. It's a bummer. Uh, ExxonMobil lost $22 billion in 2020. That is its worst performance in four decades. I do own ExxonMobil stock. And that is compared with a profit of $14 billion in 2019. A big chunk of the company's losses came from $19.3 billion in write-downs in the last three months of the year as the company marked down the value of U.S. natural gas fields acquired when gas prices were far higher before fracking flooded the market a decade ago. Well, now that we have Joe Biden in office, maybe there will be a reversal because gas will be far more expensive. If you've seen, gas has gone up quite a bit here in California. I mean, like I've said numerous times, gas should be like 50 cents a gallon at this point, what with the massive rise of electrical vehicles and how we had so much gas due to fracking. And they weren't the only one. BP, British Petroleum, reported a $5.7 billion annual loss. That is compared with a $10 billion profit for 2019. And that is their first loss in a decade. Uh, GameStop crashed again and then picked a little bit back up around uh, Friday, but it's still way down from its height of around $400. I think it's trading around like $70-something now. I wonder how many people lost their asses trying to chase it. As you recall, I tried to warn you guys, don't chase trends in the stock market. You know how you win in the stock market? You'd be very boring. You invest. You hang. You hold on and that's how you win at the stock market. If you want to read more about what I'm talking about, Google this headline, quote, how to win at the stock market by being lazy, end quote. It's a very good article at the New York Times. I don't have time to get into it now, but that is what you get when you're patient and you don't chase trends. Kroger is standing by its decision to close two Long Beach markets as community rallies in opposition. Yeah, the stupid idiots in uh, Long Beach decided to unilaterally say that you have to pay grocery store workers like $4 more an hour. And the grocery stores, which have notoriously thin margins, said, well, that's a huge fucking increase. We can't afford that, so we're just going to close the stores. <laughs> just, it's none of your business. What a private company pays its employees. It's not. It really isn't. Uh, let's see. And then, uh, what else? I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. Guys, I'm going to go right to the big finish because I'm running out of time here. Here's a headline. Quote, woman allegedly killed her boyfriend and then served his genitals in a meal to his friend. End quote. This is over in Morocco. A 30-year-old unnamed woman is accused of murdering her partner after he revealed that somebody else wanted to marry him. Oh, don't do that, bro. The police said the woman was enraged after she discovered it, as they had been together for seven years, and she was contemplating the rest of their future. So she then decided to kill her boyfriend. They don't say how. This is a story at the India Times She then severed his genitals and prepared the meat in a traditional meal known as makbuz after reportedly murdering him. He was 10 years younger than her, so she was 30, he was 20. The dish, makbuz, is wildly popular in Bahrain and is similar to Indian biryani with rice and meat, usually chicken. She then allegedly served the meal near her home in the United Arab Emirates, to the victim's construction worker friends. (laughs) Oh, no. Boy, have some penis, she said to them. Oh, man, guys, that's all I got. Uh, On a personal note, I want to dedicate this podcast to... um, I don't often talk about my personal life, but today would have been my younger brother Matt's 41st birthday he was sadly taken from us way too soon in a car accident. Uh, I believe it was 10 or 11 years ago. Now I was in Iraq at the time. I was flown home emergency wise was a real tragedy. And I, you know, you, you never really heal from uh, losing a, a brother like that. And it just bums me out. You know, I often think, man, he would, he was, he was gone before all the podcast stuff happened. And, I just always think, like, man, he would have loved this. And he was just the best guy, funny as fuck, took over a room wherever he was, life of the party, everybody loved him. Just a big fucking guy who loved to party and loved life. And um, it's just uh, today would have been his birthday, and I was thinking about it before I started the podcast. So rest in peace, my brother. You are missed every single day. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, Guys, please follow me on my social media and go to patreon.com look for BK actual please consider making a pledge to support this podcast It's truly really the only way I can keep doing it and go leave me a review on iTunes. Uh, you guys did a couple of you my uh, uh, here's admin number eight said my new go-to for news nobody else covers global events and hilarious take on other news. Uh, J Paul 91 said I love the format he covers mainstream topics and really obscure news perfect combination. Um somebody uh, who's this good girl said enlightening and entertaining news by a king with a voice that's manly yet soothing and not annoying like some of those clowns on cable news, the ultimate podcast you need in your life. And then uh, one of my uh, a little bit of a critic, Otto uh, Ball said it left me disappointed. They did say BK does a decent job of curating world news. But then they went on to say, however, I have tried to listen for the past year and just ignore the poorer parts of podcast. Alas, I cannot listen any longer. Uh, His opinion on certain topics is just terrible. His statement of why people still use the post office. Okay, it's a weird thing to get upset about. His unwillingness to see why there is a sect of people that don't want to wear masks. um, I've acknowledged many people every week who don't want to wear masks, and I make fun of them all the time. Uh, his now concrete viewpoint on getting the vaccine so we can get back to normal. Yeah. (laughs) His odd obsession with Pornhub and his promotion of it. How many? Am I obsessed with Pornhub, you guys? And his statement on the Jesse Kelly show about how he pretty much hates the Midwest. It's funny. And then they also said, also calling yourself Uncle BK is just weird. Well, in fairness to myself, many of my listeners started calling me that, and then I adopted it. So that wasn't me who started it, but uh, thanks anyway. Well, maybe you'll still listen. Maybe not. Who gives a shit? Guys, that's all I got for you. Please leave me a review on iTunes to balance out the bad ones. I beg of you. That's how they rank the podcast. That's all I got for you. That's two and a half hours straight. No breaks, no editing. Nobody else is capable of doing it. Everybody knows it. And that's all I have. I'm going to get outside and enjoy the beautiful San Diego sunshine. Take care, and I will see you next week.